when we not talk about family when family's all that we got everything i would do you were standing there by my side and now you're gonna be with me for the last time hello and welcome to too fast too forever there's all kinds of family we chose this one this is episode 25 of the fast and the furious tokyo drift lap three i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and this episode that oh i have such a good sponsor for this episode i know i know this episode is brought to you by AAA. That's three A's. They specifically reached out to us to help people, to, to want us to, to sponsor it by way of their driving schools. Um, oh. Their goal is simple. They want to create lifelong safe drivers by presenting students with real-world hands-on training. AAA driving school programs offer vary by state. All programs are licensed by state departments of motor vehicles. If you're a high schooler and you need to learn how to drive... Don't call Brian. Call AAA. If oh, you like shit, things, Brian. If you like things with threes, AAA. I think it was the perfect sponsor. Cars. Absolutely. I'm also glad Cars. that we now have free lifetime roadside assistance. Thank you, AAA. Shout if out you AAA. Need, if you need towed three times this month, call AAA. Oh boy, that's a lot of towing. It's a lot of towing. So we have a very exciting. We, we talked about it, you know, the last episode. We talked about it for a while. We have a very exciting crossover event beginning I'm so this episode. Yeah. However, before we get there. I want to give a very, very, very special shout-out to me to a particular listener <laughs> who has a birthday on February 11th, which just passed. Not me. Which was yesterday. Uh, which, when we were doing our original Fast and Furious on the 1st, chatting on the 11th, yes. Gaz on the 21st, would have fallen perfectly. However, we then switched that up. Wasn't going to fall on her birthday, but shout-out. I don't think she's listening yet, maybe eventually. Jess Montez. Happy Mon- birthday. Mon- Didn't she request Tez. a birthday shout-out at some point? She did. She That's did. the only yeah. reason it's in my spreadsheet. Okay. Perfect. But shout-out Montez. Okay. Down to business. This, as we've been talking about, is the first of a three-part crossover episode edition. Extravaganza. Of all Cage Club Podcast Network shows. After the break, after we do our top-of-the-show stuff, we are going to welcome in the Mikester, resident historian Mike Manzi. Resident historian Mike Manzi, yeah. Part of here for the ride-along. His show... Third Time's a Charm will be the third part, fitting, 3-3, three, three, yeah. third part of this trilogy. We are also, I think as we teased last week, bringing back Brian Rodriguez of the High School Slumber Party podcast, also here on Cage Club Podcast Network. He was on our Too Fast, Too Furious lap two. Oh, that's actually really perfect. I told him, <laughs> I right? want him to be on one episode per lap, and I kind of want to just keep having him ascend, because it's two for two, three for three. We'll just keep, you know, going like that. I I mean, one is not going to make sense, but, you know, we'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. But he is going to have part two on his show, High School Slumber Party. So it's the only episode this lap with a second guest. So it's going to be the Mikester. And also, you know, Mike has dubbed him Late Night Rodriguez, I think, was on the uh, the the Thunderdome, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome episode. But but the whole whole point of this is is you're going to hear us talk about Mm -hmm. the movie, right? Yep. Then we're going to go to High School Slumber Party. You're going to hear us talk about... How this movie set in high school with Brian, yep, right? Yep, yep. And then if you if you like that too, and then you should go over and listen to Mike Manzi, and we're gonna talk about why this is so cool for being the third part in the Fast and Furious universe. So we're gonna cover like every stop along this yep. in different pieces. You're not gonna get the whole story unless you listen to all three. So it's almost like going from Georgia to Arizona to Tokyo. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 It is. And if you had a flight to Tokyo, you could listen to all three in a row, and you'd get the whole story in one. You could listen to it several times, probably, in a Maybe. flight to Tokyo. All yeah. right, so here we are, first segment up, extracurricular activities, which I forgot we well, got we from this movie. Fun stuff. Yes. 
And it's high school themed. And it's high school themed. Do you want to go first because you did exciting stuff? I did exciting stuff. So real quick, I went to Philly for a bar crawl. Philly does not have great beers, I found out. Or we went to the wrong they places. Do. Yeah, they We went do. to the wrong places. I like Tired Hands, but that's in Ardmore. It's like outside Yeah, that's Philly. not... We, we drove... We took the train to downtown Philly and we walked around there. Like, there, Tired Hands was out of the equation. Tired Hands yeah. was great. I also hung out with both of our guests last weekend or two weekends ago, as you're listening to this, yeah, met with the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried, talked about the future of his show. He's cool. bringing some video. And then me, Mike, and Brian hung out at Mike's house and recorded our Bosom Buddies Season 2 episode Ooh. for Hanks with the Memories. Ooh. But the exciting thing is that I've teased it a little bit last time. I spent last week in Amsterdam for work and also for fun, and it was great. Yeah, dude, it looked cool. Uh, went to a lot of museums, uh, museums had a lot fun. of great food, had crazy good flights there and back. Peruse the red light district as one does. Did not sample the wares. <laughs> Learned Your a lot boss. about there. We also went to the museums of prostitution and the museum, the sex museum. That sounds like cool. We... The museum of prostitution actually sounds really cool. I'm, I don't know if I've ta- we've talked about this before, but like I'm very very intrigued with documentaries about sex work. Mm-hmm. So like I watch like a lot of these like after porn and stuff like that. Like you know like what the fuck do you do if you were like in porn? Yeah. Like, how do you, like, have family and kids and stuff? And so there's obviously a bunch of documentaries about that, and I yep. like watching them because it's very fascinating to me, so. The big takeaway from the Prostitution Museum was the girls in the windows have to pay rent to be there. So, that makes like, sense. So, like, for a 10-hour like shift, they pay about 150 euros. That makes sense. It's like, like I said, like, strippers. Strippers pay to use a pole. Yep. You know that? I, th- like I think a, I did at one point. They have, like, a, they have dues. They pay, like, house dues, you know, for, like, the the right to be there or whatever really they get screwed no pun intended but they get screwed like they're it's it's not fair work for them and you know we don't have to go on a tangent there but getting in the sex game business is obviously not a glamorous profession um even though it's regulated but it's uh it's tough out there it's hard out here for a pimp just as a three six mafia saying and won an oscar for (laughs) yes but yeah amsterdam (laughs) was awesome uh canals were great we did the uh, van gogh museum we did the reichs which was all sorts of you know art and sculptures and paintings Cool. Did the Anne Frank House. Cool. Uh, I did the How was Moco the Anne Frank Museum. House? Was it as depressing as I imagine it is? So it's it's really... I mean, it's depressing, but it's not more depressing than you would think. Like, it's not like... It's different for me because I'm not Jewish, and I didn't have, like... it's I, I think there's a difference. Like, we can yes. understand the You're not like, oh, this is what my grandma did. Right. You're like, oh, you understand that it was a grave, terrible thing, but you also... You can't personally relate it to your family life. Right. Whatever. Because what's really crazy about it is that the, the the building where they were in, it was like a textiles factory or something. The back half where they were hiding is basically been preserved as is. They took all the furniture out. Like the Nazis, when they found them, take all the fur- took all the furniture out. Um, yeah. So there's nothing in there. But the whole like front where the factory was have has been modernized. Modernized in the sense that like it's a real building still and like exists, or like modernized. In modernized the sense of, like... in that like there's it, it's a museum. Right, so okay. like you go yeah. up and there's like an audio tour and there's screens and there's okay. you, know, yeah. you learn stuff and then you see so you're like weaving up the building and then once you hit the actual part where they were, it's like the audio tour is going to resume after they're done here. So there's sort of some signs up there, but it's like more of a quiet contemplative thing. Yeah, and you go up and you sort of see the attic uh, where they weren't really allowed to be, but they would go up there just to sort of see the sun, really. Yeah. Um, and then you come back down, you end up in this museum, you learn a little bit more, you see like her actual diary and stuff like that. That's cool. It's it, it's heavy. Um, yeah. So that we saw that. That was like one of the first things we saw, which was just really, you know, kicking the leak cool. off in a, in a heavy way. Yeah. I went to the MoCo Museum where I saw a bunch of Banksy uh, stuff, which was cool. Big I posted fan. a bunch of that stuff. That took yeah, the Heineken fan. tour of the Very Heineken cool. Browery. Fell in love with the Dutch girl, as I told you, I think. Yeah. She was the best. We had a one-on-one, a VIP tour, one-on-one, so I just 
toured the factory with her and it was great. And then uh, friends came up, drank a lot, and cool. then came home and it was great. Yeah, uh, dude, the, that the only thing awesome. that we didn't do aside from, you know, sampling the wares at the Red Light District, was we didn't go to a hash bar, which I kind of regret a little bit not doing, um, or they yeah. call them coffee bars over there, but yep. my friend came up on Friday real fucked I would have ate a fuck ton of mushrooms and went to every museum. I don't know why you didn't think of doing that. That's well, because I was experience. by myself in a foreign city where English is not really the first language, and I was like, I don't really want to get lost and not, and I've also never done mushrooms before, so... That would be, uh, yeah, probably. Could yeah. have been a bad idea. But what's kind of cool is that because... You know, hash is legal there. These shops, like there's like this food stop like, in the red light district where I was like force feeding my friend a burger because he was so fucked up. And they just have there on sale next to the register, like pot brownies and pot cookies. They're just there. Like you can yeah. just buy them. That's um, how which is life cool. works in the civilized world. I know, which I guess probably also maybe happens. I don't know. I guess still, you know, like where recreational marijuana is legal here. It's a different story, but it's a different story. Yeah. It's just it's just out. It's just like, oh, OK, I can just buy this here. Yeah, that's crazy to me. But yeah, we'll get so it's cool. Um, Amsterdam's awesome. So what did you do? Did you go to Amsterdam? <laughs> no, no. But I have a, I have a mildly cool story. Something we did since last time we talked. Um, we went to the casino and went to go see Burt Kreischer, one of my favorite comedians, a comedian that the you I think, also, I think you also enjoy Burt Kreischer. I do. Although I don't think anybody enjoys Burt Kreischer as much as Burt Kreischer enjoys Burt Kreischer. <laughs> he d- he does. He did a whole set at the casino of totally new material, completely new, all hilarious. We had a great time going to see him, and he, of course, still, even though he said he was not going to do it anymore, finished with the machine story. As always, if you know what this is, the story originally is hilarious, but, like, every time he tells it, he adds, like, little nuances to it. Oh, can I tell you, like, the nuance that he added this time? Sure. As you know, it recently went, like, viral, like, within the past, like, year, right? Do you remember this? I've been a big fan of Bird for a while. You've been a big fan of Bird for a while, so, like, we knew the machine story five, six years ago at this point. Yeah. Longer even now that I think about it, six or seven. And so it finally like went viral. And then he said like, you know, they had like some company that he like promoted, like they were like promoting it. They knew it was going to go viral. They essentially like, you know, kind of like baked it. The first comment on the video mm-hmm. was somebody going, this story is completely true. My name's Stacy. I was on that class trip. He definitely robbed the train. <laughs> and he's like, and we went back to like the promo company and they're like, look, we didn't expect this to go this viral. So we figured out that, like, the best promotion you can have is someone saying that, like, you definitely did. And he's like, and then, like, all my other classmates came in and were like, were like, yeah, fuck Bert. Like, he sucks. And then, like, and then they were like, here's Igor. And they were, like, tagging them, like, because obviously everyone has Facebook. So they're just, like, tagging all the people in the story, in the thread, and he was like, and that was like the greatest thing that could have ever happened to it, and it like went That's super, awesome. super viral. Yeah, and that was something that I didn't know about the story, and I thought you would enjoy too. So yeah, definitely. But that was that's pretty much all I did. Yeah, nothing crazy. We I saw a terrible low. Super Bowl. We definitely saw. I'm still I'm still recovering from. I'm like just conceited. So the Super Bowl for us, as we're recording, was yesterday. I'm just coming off the like. I I live in New England, right? I'm definitely not a Patriots fan. Everybody that is a Patriots fan is like, everybody's so salty, they hate us. And everybody I talked to today that lives in New England is not a Patriots fan was like, meh, it just kind of sucked. You know, like, yeah. nobody was, like, hating it. They were just like, it just sucked. Like, not they sucked, or, like, it sucks that they won. It was just, like, everything sucked. Yeah, like, it was a bad halftime show, bad commercials, bad game. Dude, the halftime show sounded awful. Like, it audibly sounded awful. Like, it they, didn't sound I, One of my good. favorite tweets that I saw about the halftime show was 
who mixed the uh, audio for the halftime show was a Christopher Nolan because <laughs> as good as his movies are, sometimes like you cannot hear what a fucking thing people are saying. So yeah, um, you're right. Actually, now that you say that, it's, uh, I never yeah, thought like, about it, but he Bane definitely stuff. Yeah, it's he, uh, he does that thing where like everything's too low, so you turn it up, and then everything's just blaring like yeah. in between. Like you can't. Mm-hmm. There's no like it needs loudened. Like the, the yeah. it needs flattened. I mean, give me less dynamic Very much range. Way more louder. Yeah. Not that I, not that I'm a betting man because I just I hate losing money. But I figured that the Patriots are going to win because I knew I, I, had a, I had a feeling that like I woke Belichick up was going to make Jared Goff look bad. But I had no idea how bad they would make Jared Goff look. Like he looked terrible. But atrocious. nobody looked good. That's the whole point. Like nobody looked good in that Super Bowl. It wasn't like Edelman did. Edelman like, did, and some of the, some of the Patriots defensive players. But other than that, it was just the, the Patriots defensive line was like the only thing that I saw that was like wow. They look yep. like they're playing really well today. Yep. Everyone else was like, eh. Edelman dropped some passes too. It was just, it was just fucked up. Just no fun. It was no fun. I hope that you guys watched it or didn't. We are now in baseball season. Although if, if you listen to hockey you know, season, been, we've been in baseball season. You know, since the baseball season ended. But <laughs> and we're in hockey season, my friend. And we're in hockey season, but uh, more specifically, baseball season. Well, I didn't tell you that. I think in two weeks, I think I'm gonna go see Sabers at Devils because my friend is a Sabers fan, and That's we're gonna cool. be able to probably walk into the stadium and get like what I can only imagine like seats ringside for like eleven dollars because both teams are garbage from what I've been what I, from what I've gathered. Yeah. Uh, but we will see. Uh, that's going to be in two weeks. So the next episode, maybe I'll talk about that. But cool. we have a Patreon page. So it, Patreon, if you don't know, is a way to support us as artists, because we are artists. Artists. Uh, so if you want to go to patreon.com slash too fast, too forever, kick in a couple bucks, we are going to be, we're close to making merch, and we're going to send merch to the appropriate tiers. I know so, we feel like we've been saying that forever, but like, honestly, it's it's true. It's the like, plan was always manager. early 2019. So now yes. that I am back from a couple trips, yeah. we're going to do that. So shout out Cassie Wilson for being our patron over there. Thank you. You're going to get some merch. If you want to get some merch too, stickers, shirts, whatever, it's all available at patreon.com slash too fast to forever. Okay, we have a mailbag here. Email address family at cageclub.me. Whatever you email, we will read on air, unless you don't want it to be read on air. Just say not don't for read on this. air consumption. But yeah. Joe, we have three emails today. Oh, cool. That's cool. First up from superfan Jenny McMullen, fast cars on a slow Saturday. So shout out, Jenny. Ooh, hi, Jenny. She sent this in about a week ago. She says, Hi, guys. I noticed The Fast and the Furious on Netflix on Saturday, so the hubs and me watched it. I don't remember much of it, so it was time. I noticed two things from the quiz, both Mia quotes. On their first date, she says, You want to go for a drive? Next is them in bed. And then she puts in parentheses, Does he sleep in the parts store? He does. Yes. He, does. Yes. Yep. he sleeps like in the middle, in like the back room of the parts store. Yep. But it also has a sink and a... It's weird, but yes, he does sleep in the parts store. It's probably just like the storeroom or whatever, and he just like threw a bed in there. I don't know. Uh, She says, the other is the gravity quote said by her about Dom. So does that make you a Mia or a Dom? I mean, I'm a Mia. I don't know. It's it's tough. She says, she puts a picture in, and I'm going to put the picture in our Discord chat. Okay. She says, I hate the way Netflix lists the cast members. This movie is about an undercover cop, but Paul Walker isn't even one of the three they list. I've seen it on other movies, too. So if you click on this picture, it says cast Vin Diesel... Michelle, Michelle Rodriguez, Rodriguez and Matt Scholes, who is Who's Matt Scholes? Vince. Okay. Um, director Rob Cohen. So Paul Walker's not even there. And then she sent another picture, and this is from Google. Uh, she says, Wikipedia is better, but weird about the order of the character names. Because the character names... So cast here, it says Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Dwayne Johnson, Tyrese Gibson. This is about just the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, I guess. But then the characters in order are Letty, Dom, Han, Brian, Giselle, Mia. 
which is... I wonder if these are algorithm-driven, you know what I mean? Like, by who searches by what? Maybe. But also, directors, Vin Diesel, that's not true, unless he directed, like, Los Bandoleros or something that we haven't watched yet, which is possible. Yeah. He shouldn't be first. It should be. No, you're right. If you're going in order, it should be Justin Lin, because he did three through six. Yeah. And then some combination of James Wan, F. Gary Gray, and John Singleton. Yeah, that's wacky ordering. Weird. I agree with Jenny, though, with the Netflix ordering. Netflix is so fucking weird about this. I think that that's the Netflix preferences algorithm that's like, they know that maybe you've seen another movie with Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez, so it's trying to pitch that to you. But maybe Schultz? Maybe, dude. I, I, you don't, don't know, know who watches what. Maybe he was on, like, an episode of, like, CSI, and Jenny was watching CSI, and then, like, it adds him because it's like, oh, you've seen him in something else, you know? I don't know. She says, we also binged the first and only season of Fast Cars, which we've talked about in here before. Yes. About supercars and sleeper cars, drag racing. And her husband's wheel. a car guy, so it yep. should have been cool. She Go says, ahead. we don't usually watch that much TV on the weekends, but the Hubs isn't feeling well, so I hope he feels better. Hope He's he got a coughing better. thing going on. Me too. Anyway, just want to let you know and say hey on this podcast later, Jenny. So shout Thanks out, Jenny. Thank Jenny. you for writing in. I hope you liked um, Fast Car, fa- or The Fastest Car. Isn't that what it was called? Fast, I think it's called Fast Cars. I don't know. I, I forget the title because obviously faster, 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 fast. But yep. I hope you like that show. Uh, I can't wait to make Joey watch it, at least the first episode, because I thought yep. it was pretty interesting. So Next email, also from Jenny. Subject line Ep 023, which is our first episode of Lap 3. Okay, with Mike. She says, hi guys, I just finished listening to the first episode of Lap 3, and your lap observations seem to have covered mine. I'm glad I happened to have watched a couple of days before. One thing I wondered about is why there was a stack of what Brian thought was stolen electronic equipment at the shop, then later the cops said there was proof it was paid for, something like that. Part of the red herring theory, I'll be listening and hope Mike enjoys the ride-along later, Jenny. Thank you, Jenny, for writing in. I appreciate that you check in with us. Thank you. I don't know. Like, there's a whole... I think there's a lot going on in the first movie that is meant to just throw you off. I think, like Mike was pointing yeah. out about the red light, the red herring, and everything like that. We didn't know for a while whether or not the shop owner was a crooked cop or not, or you we know, undercover or whatever. And Mike this time or whatever. And yeah. Wes clarified, yep, but... Yes, Wes, sorry. But yeah, so I've, I've, I'm not sure. We'll have to check that out in lap four. Well, we're going to watch it again, so <laughs> we'll figure it out eventually. Because as Dom says, there's nothing but time. All right. Last email today... From West Hampton. Shout out, Wes. Got Hello, in Wes. just under the wire, sent this in not four hours ago. Oh, this so is a cl- relatively new one. I know. Three fast, three forever. Okay. I did not read this, so we will find out together what he says. Okay. What up, fam? I really enjoyed your Too Fast, Too Furious episode. It's okay. still my least favorite in the series, favorite movie in the series, but it's slowly yeah. growing on me. It grows on you, dude. It's one. Of, it's a slow burn. Yep. You, you're you're coming around a little bit too, by the way. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love all these movies now, except for eight. The more you watch two, it's like it was like one that I, I was like, oh, I really like this. You're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Rachel's coming around on it. It's it's a slow burn. You gotta yeah. get you gotta get into it. You know, it's like the exponential graph where it's just like. There's like the, the it's crazy plateaus and, the, like, and tanks. Yeah, I just I'm just worried about the the drop off. I mean, we will get there maybe eventually, but for now, we're you're good. along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, he says there are some charming and funny moments, but the more I think about it, the more disconnected it feels from the rest of the franchise. It really feels like when they made Fast and Furious, that intended to ignore two and three, and only wrote them back in once they realized how big the franchise was becoming. Until Fast and Furious Six, the events in Tokyo Drift have no bearing on the series. Yep. And really, the events in 2F2F still don't really play into the larger franchise. No, it's just an introduction to Roman and Tej. That's yep. all it is. Roman could have been first introduced in Fast Five, and it literally would make no difference to the story. It's exactly. It's interesting to see they really didn't have any idea of what they were building until they hit the fourth movie. 
Most franchises don't get that many attempts at getting it right, so I guess we're lucky that Universal stuck with it and got the right team on board to set it right. Anyway, here are notes from the last episode. So Wait, before I go further... A lot of times people argue with us that 3 just feels so disconnected from the universe. But I think on top of like what Wes was saying, for me, I think 2 is the most disconnected from the universe. Because anything that happens in 2 does not matter. Like You could delete 2, and the whole series would be the same. We talked about that last week, too. Yeah, it's like, it doesn't even matter, but like... 3 actually draw like drives the story a little bit as much as it's like very different and all the characters are different like it has a part in the fast averse 2 is like a side it, it's it's the Hobbs and Shaw of the beginning of the franchise right like it's like a detour yeah. like yep. it, it it just exists on the side yep okay there's some trivia that I'm going to do tonight that I think from what I remember cuz I read I sort of skimmed it quickly before yeah. that when they were writing this movie when they were writing Tokyo Drift they weren't really sure how big the franchise was going to become they were trying to figure out who to bring back, who not to bring back. And I yeah. think Wes is right to a certain extent or to full extent. They didn't really know. And like, so they're just sort of yeah. you know, kind of throwing shit at the wall. Cause we've talked about how at one point they were considering having just like a different story, sort of kind of connected, but not really connected all throughout the world, which is, which would be not the movies that we love, but would be interesting. But I'm just glad that we wound up where we wound up. I'm always down for more Fast and Furious content. So, but yes. While we are also uh, talking about Wes, before I continue with his email, I do want to give Wes a shout-out. He left us a review, a very nice review oh, on thank you. iTunes. I appreciate um, so it, Wes. if you have a couple of minutes, if, if any of you who are listening like this show, go on iTunes, give us five stars, write a little review. It helps with the algorithms. It helps people find the show. Please and thank you. I saw a really funny meme that I just want to throw in there. My friend's son was mumbling to himself before he went to bed, and he said, please like and subscribe <laughs> as he was falling asleep. And, like, I just realized this child watches so much YouTube that he thinks please like and subscribe means good night. And I was like, yes, so please like and subscribe. That's Gucci. <laughs> have you watched 8th Grade yet or no? No, I haven't. You and Rachel should watch 8th Grade, even though it didn't really... I was snubbed at the Oscars, but you should definitely it was, watch yeah. it. It's one of the uh, best yeah, movies. I got okay. it. I'm trying to get through all the Oscar ones first, but yes. Yeah. Wes writes, in relation to your sponsor, yes, the early 2000s was a popular time for leather cuffs. Do you remember the rocker watches that were super popular around them. They were watches with a really wide leather cuff band. <laughs> yeah. I don't Hot Topic that. specials. What, he said, what I you... never had one because I don't like wearing watches, but my wife bought me a couple of leather cuffs for my birthday one year. I used to wear them <laughs> occasionally, but it's been a while. You should bring them back out, Wes. We're bringing them back. <laughs> like, let's do it. You send me one, I'll wear the other. I'll wear one, you wear one. We yeah, can both I mean, have if, one. If, if you want to be the sponsor of our episode... <laughs> We have real sponsors, obviously, clearly, because we don't, we wouldn't be lying at the beginning of every episode. But yeah, if you want to be a sponsor, sponsors. just send us some shit, and we'll just say it's sponsored by Wes Hampton. <laughs> no, I want. I specifically want the other cuff to so they can be like friendship bracelets. That's you fine. Just, like, yeah, wear like one and one. You're just jealous that you're not going to get the other friendship bracelets. I don't. So, I don't sh- want. Relax. It. You you do want leather cuffs. Everyone does. We should turn the koozies from his wife's bakery that we got into leather cuffs <sighs> that we can just wear on our wrists. That's a good idea. Yeah. Right? Joe was talking about watching a DIY video with an attractive woman showing him how to install or repair something. Yes. I can tell you as someone who watches a lot of home and auto repair videos on YouTube, this is not usually the case. I know. Yeah. I, that's why I was so surprised by it. So that was my whole point. I was I was trying to non to not be sexist, but when I saw a very attractive woman repairing the stove, I was like, yeah, exactly. He says the best ones are from a few different professional services that will show you step by step, but it's yeah. almost exclusively burly guys doing the work. 
Yeah, they look like Al Borland or something. Yeah. Uh, but on the same topic, have you watched Trigger Warning with Killer Mike on Netflix? I won't go in the specifics of the show. I don't think I've even heard of it. Or maybe I've heard of it, but I, I haven't watched it. No, I love Killer Mike, and he's awesome, by the way. He just, like, he does a lot of these, like, hip-hop documentary type things. He's on Vice a lot, and um, he's really, really... Actually, you know what? He's coming, like... This Friday, he's doing, he's DJing DMX's Getting Out of Jail Party. This is what cool, our friend sent cool. us. He's the DJ. Killer Mike is going to be the DJ there. Um, he says, I won't go into the specifics of the show, but in one episode, he comes up with the concept of educational porn to teach trade oh. skills to adults. Huh. His theory is that people are always killing time online instead of learning, and pornography is the most streamed thing on the internet, so this way people can be entertained and educated. It'll be like, are you cleaning that pipe? And it's like, yeah, three turns to the left will loosen the top nut. And she's like, oh, I'll loosen And it's just like instructional video, like while there's porn in the same time. That's a great idea. I remember years ago, do you remember the Benny Panassi song, Satisfaction? Of course, a thousand percent. We listened I don't to know it, if like, this was the official monthly. music video or not, but I remember seeing a porn yes. video with all the it girls, was... like, with construction, with, like, he- like heavy yes. power tools. Yes, And then they would just, and then just, like, one started fucking yep. on screen. But I want to, I want that, but with more, ins- like, I, and I want it to play in, you know that I'm a big fan of porn plot, the- like, porn plot, so, and I want it to play into the Coming eventually thing. to a pit stop near you. Yes, porn parodies. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things ever. But I could see it. I could, that's a really cool idea. And I'm glad, I need to go fucking watch this episode now. He says he actually produced a very inclusive and educational video and screened it for a focus group. I won't spoil it for you if you haven't <gasps> seen it, but it was a pretty funny episode. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm definitely watching it. Thank you. I think there was some debate on when or why. This is the next point. On when or why Vin Diesel dropped out of 2F2F. In the same Rob Cohen interview I mentioned last time, they asked why he didn't return to direct. Rob Cohen said he was working on Triple X at the time and he immediately hated the script, but he wanted for Vin Diesel to read it and make up his own mind first. Then he said they discussed it as they both agreed the story was terrible and not what either of them had in mind for a sequel. Then it's kind of unclear whether Universal offered Vin Diesel a bunch of money he declined or whether he demanded a huge amount knowing they wouldn't pay so it wouldn't have to de- so he wouldn't have to decline. Either way, it sounds like he was never really on board with the movie. So here, so here's a little bit of trivia that I'm going to drop in for this third one, is that they screened this movie for test audiences and it kind of bombed. And so for they Tokyo approached... Drift? Yes, Tokyo Drift. So they approached okay. Vin Diesel and they were like, hey will you do a cameo for this? Uh, it really helped the franchise. And he says, yes, if you give me the rights to the Riddick franchise. Yes, and so I remember that part. He yeah. did this, got the rights to Riddick, and then took seven years to independently finance Riddick, uh, but then made the 2013 version with his sort of his own investor's money or whatever. So he was only in this because it was sort of a deal, and then he obviously comes back for the next one and for the rest of them. Yeah, that makes sense. Lastly, I'm sorry I didn't give you credit for spotting the draft draft house South Lamar parking garage Joey. I mean, it's okay, Wes, but, you know, I <laughs> apology accepted. To be honest, know. I wasn't really surprised. I knew you spent a lot of time there, so it made perfect sense that you would recognize it immediately, just like I assume I would. I'll start sending pics of a different Austin area draft house parking lot to see if you can name them. <laughs> That will be a true test. <laughs> it's like, guess this park. How about this? You send it. I describe the parking lot to Joey, and then he has yep. to guess it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It'll be like the car game, but in reverse. I'll be like, there's lines. They're yeah. yellow. Uh, is that a draft house? Okay, cool. <laughs> it looks like there's cars in it. Yep. He says, all right, fellas, that's it for this week. Sorry, I don't have a new car pick for you. We've been really busy, and I'm rushing to get this out, hoping it will get to you before you record the next episode. Talk about getting it just in time. Talk to you next episode. Stay furious, West. Well, shout out, West. Thank you, Wes. That was very cool. Yeah. Okay. That was all the emails. If you want to email us, family at cageclub.me. Thank you, Wes. Thank you, Jenny. Email in. We'll read it on air. You know, I'm sure there's list, new listeners out there who have not sent in their rankings. 
email and family at cageclub.me. How do we you average them? Rank these. Yeah, you're 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 becoming part of the canon. If you send in your rankings, they go into the master list, and that's that's the, that's gonna be the final list, man. So. You know, we need to balance it out. Get the averages going. Our next segment, On the Streets, which we are going to have a huge oh, thing here. However, first we're going to do Rock the Vote, which is a new segment, a quick segment, uh, where we are going to check in every episode and see, is Dwayne Johnson running for president? Uh, update. <laughs> oh, I forgot about this. Dwayne The Rock Johnson won't rule out presidential run after 2020, so he's not running... Kanye's running 2020. 2020, I'm going to run the whole election. Uh, the Rock won't rule out after 2020, so maybe 2024. Who knows? He needs some experience first. That's our Rock the Vote for this week. Uh, eventually, if he does run, we're going to change the name. We won't say what it is yet, but Rock the Vote for now. No Rock in I forget what the I forgot what the other one was. Can you say it to me and beep it? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. On the streets, here we go. The big thing is that we've had a real info dump in the last like holy week and a half shit. First, about Hobson can we can we can we work our way up to it? Because first thing we need to talk about, we need to talk about something that was that happened what yesterday or the day before. Go ahead. I mean, I, I'm not sure where you're going. I, I know sort of the the overall arc of what's been going on, but why don't you hit me with uh, some some on the streets about Hobson? Bow Wow got arrested. Oh yes, yes, yes. Super Bow wow important at the to Super this. Bowl got arrested for beating his Previous. girlfriend or someone, uh, some woman. They had a domestic dispute, in which case he looks like he fought Wolverine, and she looked totally fine. So I think that he, she beat his ass and then called the cops on him. Is what it looked like just from facial pictures. He was scratched up. And he looked rough in the pictures at the police station, too. Yeah. So, so that was the first thing I wanted to say, because it's obviously appropriate to this movie. Absolutely. And I, I posted on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash forever. Oh no, Twinkie, you're better than this. Yeah, because, jeez, oh, he got wrecked. Okay, so, sorry. Unrelated to that, though. Hobbs and Shaw, Info Dump, uh, The Rock, basically all from, like, our, our Facebook page kind of became me just posting his Instagrams as pictures. Him, you know, showing his brothers. They have a car shop somewhere uh, down in Samoa. Yeah. There's the new poster. There's the new logo. But the big thing we got is the Hobbs and Shaw official trailer which I put to you in Discord. So uh, so here's a little background. Joe and I don't usually watch trailers. I have no, successfully... Joey, Joey put me on the no trailer yeah. game, which I love, because honestly, like, you know, you watch a trailer, sometimes you're like, that movie looks like it sucks, that movie looks like it's good. I'd rather go in, no trailer. It's a lot more fun. My movie enjoying... My movie experience has gone up significantly since I stopped watching trailers, so... I've basically convinced both the Mikester and Joe 2 to not watch trailers, because in my mind... If you're going to see the movie, why would you want the best moments, the most sellable moments, spoiled for you? Yeah. I just, I just don't get it. Like, I'd rather see them in context of the movie, be blown Same. away when Dom drives or Brian drives the car out yeah. of the tower in Dubai into another tower. Like, that's exactly. spoiled in the trailer. It's, you know, it's, it's less exciting. However, I also yeah. understand that we have an obligation to you, the listener, to stay up to date on all things Hobbs and Shaw. Right now, I am going to watch so live excited. for the first time with Joe, if you want to watch along with me. I've seen and it I'm a bunch of times. Live right. react to this trailer. We're gonna see how it is. All so I is, know this is Joey's first experience watching the Hobbs and Shaw trailer, and the first experience watching pretty much any trailer in a long time. Well, so I watch trailers generally after a movie, which I know is crazy, but like I love yeah, no, trailers. We do this. I love trailers. I just don't like things being spoiled. So I like to see how they're marketed. I like to see cool moments. I love yeah. year-end, you know, montages. If something wasn't in a movie, I want to know everything. It's actually better to watch it after. I agree. exactly. So here we go. 
Joe, this is the Hobbs and Shaw official trailer posted by The Rock on YouTube. It has 18 million, almost 19 million views. Jesus. Okay. Going to get it buffered up. We're going to hit play. You I'm ready? already ready. I'm All already right. queued. Three, two, one, play. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm dealing with the future of the planet. Oh, we get Idris first. Okay. Yep. Unnecessary shock to the system. Uh-oh. I've heard real mixed reviews about this trailer, so we'll see. Okay, so you see Superhuman. Yeah, he's getting injected with something. Or he's cyborg or something. Yeah. Oh, there's uh, the woman from Mission And he Impossible. says, I'm a bad guy. He just is a bad guy. That's it. We've confirmed, confirmed oh, that's that. That's kind of a reversal of uh, Monica Fuentes in Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. I like this. So this fun 35 beat. seconds in, we get Hobbs and Shaw themselves. Our target's name yeah. is Brixton. Brixton, we announce his name. We're gonna need the best trackers in the business. Best they need the best the trackers business. in the business. Oh. Yeah. I'm what you call an ice cold can of whoop. <laughs> oh, I know it's so the rock, right? Always gets his guy. We're gonna need to operate outside. I like that they made Shaw so smooth. He wasn't like a. You might call a champagne problem. Like he's not really ever like a like a like a debutant. You know what I mean? Like. If we stand a chance against Brixton. You guys have to work together. Yeah. No. They hate each other. Why can't we be friends? Yep. Come on. Guardians. Yeah. And a lot of other movies. This job requires stealth. Job requires stealth. The three of them. Oh man, that's the that's the kind of the perfect. That's gonna you know when we get to the ride along for that. That's gonna be the. I know. Right there. I can that that's what I'm saying. This is a, that's a that's a kind of truck that we have not had in a vehicle, you know, the flatbed. Because yeah. I'm really good at it. It's like an industrial also, they're, flatbed. They're on a commercial jet, which is new. Yeah. Oh man, if he get him. this summer. God, oh, this trailer's so fucking long. <laughs> it's very long. Another yeah. Minute. Yeah. Cars exploding, fighting. Whoa, okay. Helicopter shooting at a car, jumping out of a building, jumping over the other truck. More shooting. And he's, that's a key thing. Idris says, do you remember me? I wonder if that's within the... And? I'll take the elevator. He's running down the side of a building. Yes. Duh. What the fuck? And... This is like Skyscraper too. And? Rock gets the fuck. He gets to mouth the fuck in this one. Bad guy speech. You had to open your big mouth, didn't you? Huh? Yeah, I thought it was a cool thing to say in the moment. All right. <laughs> All right. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So, go ahead. We'll, we'll talk about it with a little bit more with Brian and Mike, but my initial thoughts you know, I want to know if he says, remember me, if that's within the scope of the movie. Or if that is within I think you know, the scope of the, the history, you know what I mean? I'm hoping that it's I hoping that it's fast aversial. That he's saying like, "Do you remember me?" It's gonna be like, "Oh, you killed someone that was like a new character." That's right. what I'm hoping for. That's what it seemed like. It was he 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 said it like that. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm excited to see Vanessa Kirby. So it seems so. I guess what it's it's weird. I think a little bit, and I didn't realize how weird it was gonna be until I watched the trailer to see the world that we know, but only two characters we know. You know what I mean? Like, everybody else is new. Yeah. Like, I would it's love way to see... different, right? 
I would love to see like a, just a character show up or whatever, even like a little like a brief crossover. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get. Oh, one. and on that note, we found out this week that The Rock will not be in Fast Nine. Yes. So this is like. So this is of, it. We had predicted, or you had predicted. And I sort of thought they can't make them smaller, but you were right in that they're going to sort of have they them had to do cut their back. thing. They had to cut back. It was just yeah. it was getting too big. There's they either had to kill off somebody big, which they pretty much can't do. We talked about this. Like right, yep, you can't kill yep. off anybody at this point. Yep. So they had to get rid of someone. And the best way to do it is to give, you know, Hobbs his own movie and then we go back and we do Fast and Furious. So I'm still looking forward to the uh, trilogy that the, the world is waiting for of Han and Giselle between five and six, so Well, we also got the announcement that they're gonna do an all female which is Fast super exciting. That's so, being written right now, so there's no real details, but hopefully Mia, hopefully Letty, you know, maybe Cypher will be family by then. Who knows? I'm about it. I, I really like that, obviously, we're going to be down for whatever spinoffs they do. Yep. And if they're like, we're ending it at 10, if they give us 17 spinoffs, fucking A. Like, let's, you know, go full full bore. Because I do, do think, even though each movie is kind of crazy and standalone, there is overall roughly an arc to the stories. And yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing an actual, like, if they have an end in mind, I wouldn't mind seeing the end as long as we keep getting movies with the characters where they can all sort Which of, like, do. hang out or whatever. Yeah. Like, Dom can just drive off into the sunset and be like, I'm out of this game. Like, and then it's, it's you know, But then one done. more job for him to come back in or something, right? So, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that's really cool. I, uh... I don't Is it know. better than you expected? Worse? It's longer, I can tell you that much. <laughs> I don't really get a sense of the narr I mean, the narrative, like, it's not like... There is none yet, which is good. Right. It doesn't tell us, like, what's going on. It's just like, and it just keeps saying, bad guy. Like, I'm the bad guy. The Rock's like, yeah. he's the bad guy. So, like, we don't know what he did that he's a bad guy, other than he's superhuman, but he's just a bad guy. Was the Super Bowl trailer the same thing or different? It was just a condensed version of that. okay. okay. It was the same, like, scenes and stuff. It was just condensed. Gotcha. You know, because okay. obviously they can't run a fucking six-minute trailer. Because a three-minute trailer would have cost, I think, $30 million, because I think half half a minute was 5.3, so... Uh, yeah. The reason I don't watch trailers is because I don't want to have the action or the jokes or whatever spoiled, so there's some stuff in here that I'm hopefully going to forget, you know, like the, the rocket shooting at things Dude, and, like, the car spinning. If you watch it once, we're going to talk about the movies and stuff. There might be a different one coming up, but, like... By the time that this movie actually comes out, I don't think you're really going to remember it. Right. Because well, we'll it's going to I mean, all blur into us talking about the movie. So yep. you're going to be like, oh, yeah, a car jumped out of a building and somebody shot at it. You're like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So we will cover more trailers as they come up. But we'll also talk with uh, more about this one with Mike and Brian when, we, uh, jo- when, they're, when they join us after the break. Yeah. So real quick, just new lap observations. My one thing that I realized is that it feels like... They're making allusions more overt than, you know, I think we might have talked about it, but there's two wrenches that, that Sean's got two wrenches early on. We know that, you know, Dom almost killed a guy with a wrench. So oh, like they're sort yeah. of, you know, alluding to him. And Good there was point. another thing. Oh, when Neela, when they're in Japan, right, they're in the parking deck. It's before Sean and DK have their fight and their race. Yeah. Uh, Neela's talking to that girl who's only speaking Japanese and subtitled. Neela says, I don't need a computer to monitor my throttle response. And I was like, oh, we just saw. In Too Fast, Too Furious, or the first one, I think, no, 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 in Too Fast, Too Furious, that Brian's using a computer to, like, know when to nod, and I just feel like Mila is, like, these, this ultimate badass, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't need a computer, like, I just know it in my bones. Oh, And I feel like yeah. that's maybe, in a way, kind of sort of It's in of the maybe first one. A but dig yeah. at Brian. I thought it was at the beginning of the race, the the bridge race. No, it's in... It's oh, no, in it's the, the end, one. it's the end race Danger of the Manifold. first one. 
Yeah. It's the first race in the first one. It's but I, I still feel like so. That, I mean, they're both kind of references to the first movie. Then maybe it's uh, very that, cool. Yeah. I, I didn't. Ryan. I didn't piece these things together. So that's what I got. I'll save the rest for the full episode. But what you got? What's your new lap observations? He is walking through his school carrying his lunch, and he has a McDonald's cup on a tray. So it's like, are you at McDonald's or are you at your school? Mm. And is there schools that have McDonald's in them? Mm. But it was like a very distinctive, like, early 2000s McDonald's cup. Like, I'm loving it. Or I don't know what the fucking slogan was back then. Yeah, pretty much. But it was like, I saw that. And the other thing I'll save for when we talk about it. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Be back right after these little ditty, these little messages. And uh, we'll be joined by the Mikester and Late Night for Lap 3 Tokyo Drift. Forever, the third episode of this third lap, which is Tokyo Drift, the extravaganza with everybody else. Um, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by AAA. That's one, two, three A's. They do a lot of uh, driving school stuff that we told you about before. So if you're in high school and you like the number three, join Brian, me, Mike, and Joey and get your AAA membership. What I didn't realize when you said what? driver school is like our fifth lap is I know it just school, it, right? it, you know, so. they came through it was everything we needed in the sponsor for this week well shout out AAA yeah so with us today as per usual this lap we have the Mikester hello Mikester hey I got my Tabasco sauce on hand everybody if you need oh. any extra it's just you know plenty to go around I got hot sauce in my bag uh, yeah you know there's that shot where he does like the, 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 the roll and the Tabasco sauce just falls right in front of the frame for a minute <laughs> one of my favorite shots yeah also with us tonight uh, hopping in the back seat with the Mikester. You know him. You hopefully love him. Uh, he was on our Too Fast, Too Furious episode, lap two. Now he's on our Three Fast, Three Furious episode, <laughs> lap three. We have Brian Late Night Rodriguez. Hello, Brian. What's up? Why do we have to be in the back seat? Why can't me and Mike have like a different car, like side oh, by side? No, we're carpooling, buddy. We're carpooling here. We all. You know, oh no, environmentally friendly. <laughs> yeah. We all have, we have one Prius, a Volt. <laughs> Brian, welcome to the back seat. It's not that bad. I'll give you the armrest. <laughs> There's snacks back there. It's good. Uh, got you just watched, I just watched for the first time <laughs> the Hobbs and Shaw trailer, and there is the shot where it's Hobbs, Shaw, and Vanessa Kirby in the front seat. So, you know, with Mike, maybe he's cuddling up front, but there's no way we can fit four of us side by side in this uh, Dodge Charger. Yeah. So, you know, mm, shame. here we are, lap three. Okay, so now, before we go any further, Brian, refresh us. Refresh our listeners. Refresh my, me and Joe's memory. Maybe let Mike know if he doesn't remember where does this movie fall in your rankings, and when was the first time that you saw The Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift? Well, it wasn't very high originally. Um, I, I've gained an appreciation for it. Okay. okay. Uh, I don't remember exactly where it was. I was kind of down on this movie when it first came out. Like, I think a lot of people were. Okay. First time I saw it, probably when it came out on DVD, because I, I wanted to see that, you know, very famous end scene. Oh, so you sure. just got it just for the end scene with Vin Well, I'm like, I might as well watch it. You yeah, know, I'm, but I'm you a, heard about this, and that was your draw. Yes. Okay. I'm a Too Fast, Too Furious mark. I was like, that movie I didn't think was going to be good, but I liked it. Let me give Tokyo Drift a chance. Plus, I heard Vin Diesel comes back. And, you know, I didn't mind it, but it was one of these films that I guess, like, me and my brothers played a lot. So I digested it, like, five times in a month. 
<laughs> yeah. Sure. And then really, really, really got to know it. But, you know, as I've been doing these high school films, I, I was holding off to, like, I could do it for my podcast. And, you know, we'll get into all mm-hmm. that later. But it's, I'll put it this way, this was a whole new viewing this time. Okay. And where in, in your overall rankings right now, have you seen all eight movies? Yeah. I don't remember. Yes. Toward the top, toward the bottom, in the middle? Probably towards the middle now. And, Mikester, what about you? I know you gave us your rankings a couple episodes ago, but where does this fall on yours? Was this, this, this was one that you said you, I think you skipped, you missed, or no? I didn't know about part two until this right. movie okay. came out. Right, That's so, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea they were even still going, and then, and then three arrives, and I was like, ooh, this is definitely my jam. I feel like this came out around the time I was, like, really into DJing. Um, I was always very much into, like, Japan and Japanese culture and stuff like even as a little kid still am today I don't know there's something about this movie I just it was my favorite for a really long time and it was just really high up there on movies I would just put on in the background or have on or or watch a lot I, I just really enjoyed it I got a lot of it's really fun I get a really fun vibe while I watch it uh it's definitely at the top uh, towards the top of the rankings for sure and i mean every time i watch it look it's it's not a perfect movie by any means like there's definitely problems i could totally understand why chris mattiello can't enjoy yeah. nice things um <laughs> like that's okay but for me like this is right this is exactly what i'd been waiting for i think for fast and the furious for some i mean it it had been giving me stuff i liked but this kind of took it to a level where it's like oh yeah it has so much more to offer it can go all these different places so uh, i still appreciate it very much now that you say that i think that this one when they came out this was probably the most relatable for me because the guy it wasn't like paul walker being a god and vin diesel being huge and them being like super race car drivers twinkie and sean and them seem more like me and my group of friends like they're like a little bit of misfits you know what i mean and stuff like that i think that in that sense that that's why i like this one so much when it came out because i was like it wasn't as glamorous as the other ones you know like we're not in miami where like everything's beautiful i'm not hanging out with drug dealers or like stealing shit they're just like high school kids that just like like driving cars and stuff so you're like oh that's cool which we will get into more on the next episode the part two of our crossover the high school slumber party yeah edition about them just being broke college or high school kids even though Twinkie's got a lot of money and like Han isn't a high school kid but Han's got you know fat stacks of cash yeah. but all right before we go any further we've got to do some either or questions some lightning round questions hope you're ready yeah oh I just heard the thunder so I'm ready for the lightning <laughs> round I'm gonna do two for you Mike okay and then we'll do uh just one for Brian actually we're gonna do two for Brian but one's gonna be a different okay. one so Mike you've not answered yet do you prefer American Muscle or Imports? I grew up on American Muscle. Like, I remember my dad always had a vet. Um, oh, we had vets? Searching. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I still have one of the pictures. I, I'm, I have it somewhere, so I'm going to try and get it um, on the air by the end, by the last episode cool. of this lab. Maybe we could guess it. Yeah. I bet it's a Corvette. But, but you know something? Like, there's just something about the foreign stuff that... If I were going to be in this world and race this world, I would want one of those to sort of customize and personalize myself. I think I could personalize that better than American Muscle. Even though I grew up with it, I'm going to have to say import. Awesome. I'm I'm with you firmly, brother. Yeah, just because, like, personally, I feel like that's something I could really trick out and 
like make my own. I don't. I wouldn't want to really mess with an American muscle car too much. Cause <laughs> just leave it in its. Yeah, I respect it condition. too much. I respect it too much, and it's like too classic to me. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Yeah, I would want to keep it original. Whereas, like these cars felt like they were meant to be customized. So. Like Twinkie's Hulk car. Like, come yeah. on. Like, you couldn't do that with like a Charger. No, or something like no, that, you know, definitely not. All right. So one question for both of you, both Mike and Brian. We'll go with Mike first doesn't really have anything to do with any movie in particular is the word oil (laughs) one syllable or two mike one or two i've been following this controversy i've been tracking this like the necklace (laughs) so oil for me you know believe it or not i always thought it was one of the shortest words with two syllables i always thought it was oil i always thought it was oil i understand oil but i think it's like a regional thing it has to be okay I always thought it was two. Wow, okay. And Brian, what about you? Oil one or oil oh, two? I'm, I'm definitely going two. I'm from New York. Okay. You see our Popeye says olive oil? Ah, uh, <laughs> true. Jenko oil? Yeah. True. Yeah, good point. But, okay. but I get it. You know, I get it because there's, you know. Yeah. All right, now, Brian, one last question for you. This is a question that Mike has already answered. And I think I know the answer already, although I might not be right. Who is your favorite character? In the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, okay. Uh, Is it Suki? It could be. It could be. Like, I can't give up Suki, but it's so hard to pick Suki. She's in one movie. Yeah. And she's in, like, ten minutes of it. It's tough. (laughs) Bend over, boy. (laughs) What an impression. That's the thing. That's the thing. I might just stick with Suki. Suki's a great choice. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Can I change mine to Sean's dad? I'm just kidding. You can. I'm joking. <laughs> I love that Sean's dad just has a hooker at the beginning. Here's what I want to figure out. Okay, so we've talked about on both the first lap and the second okay. lap, right? Whether Sean shows up late or <laughs> if his dad is just a fuck up and was just with the hooker on the wrong night. So here, so I've always thought his dad messed up. And you, Joe, have told me a couple times, no time change, he messed up, he was supposed to be the day before, whatever, right? That's, that's your official stance. So my new theory this time, I, well, my, my new theory is the same theory, except this time I have proof. Okay. Oh. Maybe, sort of, maybe. But it's after, it's one of the first nights that Sean is out racing, and he yes. comes back, and his dad is like, do you know what time it is? He's like, I think it's about seven in America or something like that. And I think that is his half-ass, smart-ass way of saying, you fucked up on time, you can't give me shit for this. That's true. Oh. But, I have, okay. but I'm going to bring it I back. Think. I got a different one. Check okay. this out. Sean's dad says, but see, Sean, your mom told me the 7th, we're a day ahead. He's, I think the dad was not confident in the mom, who looks like a real winner from smoking in the police station. And I think that he thought that to smoke yeah. in here. So I thought that he was like, oh, I know your mom. She's a real mess and a half. So she said, you're going to be there on the 7th, meaning the 7th in America, which is the 8th in, in Japan. You know, his his relationship with her influenced him missing the day. Oh. So okay, I've got so we both, we both are on the same <laughs> side as we were. We just both have new proof to sort of bolster yes, our argument. Yes, like a little nuance to it. But go ahead. Who, Mike has a new theory? So where, where, yeah, where do you guys fall? Do you think, because this is, mm. so this is early in the movie when Sean first gets to Tokyo after he gets kicked out yeah. of... Uh, his America. school in Arizona. Yeah, his yeah, America in general. He got deported. <laughs> did he show up when he was supposed to? He did. And the dad you got You can't it show wrong. up when you're not supposed or, to. He was obviously going to show up when he was supposed to. Well, when, you know, when I guess when his mom told, said he was supposed to. Or 
Who do you agree with, basically? You know <laughs> the two sides. Yeah. What, what yeah. do you think, Mike? Mike, what's your theory? What do you yeah, think? What was your theory? Mike? It's funny because this is this has always bothered me <laughs> since the first time I watched. <laughs> really? It, but but okay, let's get into it. But it's like you know, this is why you rewatch it to for, to figure out moments like this, I guess. But uh, so this time I'm sitting there watching. Okay, so your mom said you were going to be here on the seventh. We're a day ahead in Japan. I felt like the dad was there on the seventh in Japan, right? He is. But Sean Sean shows up the. Eight? No, it's the other way around. Okay, Sean he, shows so up Sean the seventh. No, 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 no. Mike, Mike's agreeing with you, Joe. Yeah, I'm trying to agree I know, with you. But, uh, I'm trying to say that that he arrived there on the seventh America time. Right, his dad the was there Japanese on time. the seventh yes. Japan time, and Sean yeah. hadn't shown up yet. So there was a miscommunication. I think that his dad was there yesterday to get him, and then Sean shows right. up oh, at the house. Okay. So he's agreeing with you, Joe. But I, I just don't like the no evidence to it. I thought that his dad was saying like, "Oh, I was going to come get you tomorrow because tomorrow would be the seventh in America, which would be the no." It was no. It never. No, I don't yeah. think that's an option at all. I think he was saying I was there yesterday and yeah. he didn't show up. I think that's what your side is, Joe. I don't think it was ever. But Japan's I don't ahead. think. Sean, like, I don't think there's a. Yeah, I know, but I don't think there's ever one where Sean shows up early. That's what it. That's what right, it had so, to have been. Otherwise, his dad had a whole no. on the next night. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like his dad's getting company every night. To be honest, I think it's sort of like my way of seeing that. Before I get to Brian, is that Sean's supposed to show up on the seventh? He never shows, right? So his dad is like, <laughs> "Fuck it, I'm gonna go back to my living my life." And when Sean shows up, he shows up. So the next thing, he gets a hooker, and that's when Sean. You wouldn't have been on like so I don't like think... child watch. Like you wouldn't have like laid low for dude, like two days, dude. Sean's dad, like doesn't give a shit about it like he moved away from his mom in japan like no one cares about sean like this is this kid is a burden yeah like his dad's like you're showing up you're you're fucking up my shit like right away like all you know like you don't listen you have one rule come home after school you can't even do that like this kid no one he's unwanted yeah he's got no family true True. So I think so. Mike is firmly in in Joe's camp, even though they're dis- <laughs> we're all disagreeing on what that what that camp actually is. Uh, but Brian, where do you fall? Do you think that do you think that Sean's dad messed up, or do you think that Sean's mom messed up? I guess. Well, I have to say this, right? His dad's in the Navy, and he's been in the Navy many times. I mean, for a, sorry, yeah, for a for long a while. period of time, yeah. right? If he didn't know like timing, correct? <laughs> Fair. This is a really probably good point. still wouldn't be in the navy, you know. <laughs> so I gotta know what. I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if he did it on purpose. I gotta know though that he knew exactly what time it was. Very good point. In an in a, in a aspect we didn't didn't pick out. I still can't remember. I, I don't. I don't know how to define whose camp that's in. <laughs> no, because it, it, like he could be inconsiderate, or it could be uh, Sean's mom fault. But I just do not believe that he messed up the time. Yeah. 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 I wish the movie was smart enough for this to be a moment where he's trying to, like, teach Sean some kind of lesson of, like, being self-reliant or anything. But there's no hint of it whatsoever. (laughs) He hasn't seen his son in years. First thing he does is, like, teach him a lesson. (laughs) No, yeah. The first thing he does is... And that's why you always leave a note. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Sean just... All the lessons he learns are from a car. Like, it's not like he he kind of learns a little bit from Han. But, like, mostly Mm -hmm. he learns through driving, through drifting. Pretty much, like it's a state of mind once you once you get a hang of it, right? It's almost like a zen. To, to drift is to sort of lose. Has anybody ever tried drifting? No, just Mario Kart. You know, like that's where I first heard of it. Even uh, back in like slam on that right shoulder button. Okay. Yeah, I was like, what is a drift? And yeah, sure enough. So now, speaking of drifting, before we start talking about the actual movie, we've got the other question to ask both of you. We'll start with Brian because we started with Mike last time. So there's two questions here, and I don't know if you've listened to either episodes on this lap, but. Pick which scene in this movie, which driving scene in this movie do you want to be a part of? Like, do you want to be either in your own car 
or another car that exists in this movie, number one. And number two, separate from that, of all the characters in this movie, who do you most want to take a ride with? Which car scene do you want to be a part of? And who do you want to take a ride with? I think my answer is the same for both questions. Who is it? I want to be driving with Han, and I want to be in that scene where he, like, circles around the girls. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh. that's a good scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a really good scene. So Han's my answer to who I want to drive with. And that that's scene in particular. Scene. Yep. So I'm going to pick, real quick, I'm going to say, the scene I want to be, the car I want to be in, I want to be with Han when he dies. Oh, but whoa. whoa. I want to be there with the knowledge of what I know, so he'd be like, hey, watch the left. Have him avoid, oh, and then hopefully he stays and lives in seven and eight. So that's my thing. And worst case, if I if I can't save him, you know, I die with Han, which is you know dying with honor. So that's the scene I want to be in. Did you just put time my character travel most... into Fast and the Furious? Well, I mean, now that Shaw is a supervillain, yeah. you know, uh, anything yeah, goes. Apparently. Okay, it's not. <laughs> and either. the character I want to most take a ride with. Uh, I'm going to go with Neela, because I think Neela's a badass. Yeah. All right, Mike, what about you? Which car scene do you want to be a part of, and who do you want to take a ride with? I think I want to take a ride with Twinkie, just because i got to drive that Hulkmobile oh. at least once. Good. And, you know, we're going to go pick up the models, because, you know, he's the only one with enough guts to approach the models and let them know where the after-hours spot in the club behind the club is. So I think we'll go cruise in the Hulkmobile for a while, but the scene I want to be in, I think... The scene is, uh, I want Han to teach me how to drift. Like, I want him okay. to be my drift mentor while we're going down the mountain and That's stuff. That's cool. And, That's a really cool scene, too. Yeah. And Joe, what about you? Answers to those two questions. Person I most want to drive with, which you assholes didn't even connect, is the fisherman who's the actual drift king. Yep. I want to drive with him <laughs> because he would be obviously the most badass driver. Scene I want to be in. Oh, actually, I want to change my answer. No. And the scene I'm I want to be in is is Neela and then when they're like doing like the romantic drift drift and drive down the mountain. Yeah, yeah the ballet. Yeah, I, I, I need to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah. Very romantic. I'm going to drift dancing. Valentine's Day. I'm not going to really change off Neela, but I also want to throw my hat in the ring. I would love to take a ride with Sunny Chiba. Oh yeah, that would be pretty good too. Yeah, there's a lot of good characters. I thought that this was so. For I for sure thought that we were both gonna pick, like we were all gonna pick Neela down the mountain, and you guys took me for a fucking loop. <laughs> well, you know what, Joe? Too, I've come to realize more and more on these podcasts that I'm like 40, yeah. and so like I don't need to take a drive with a teenage girl anymore. It's probably not for <laughs> not the best. Even, yeah. or, not even in fictional <laughs> podcast land, True. like to get that out there. Or do you? Well, no, no, no. I looked this up, and Age of Consent apparently is 13 in Japan. What? That makes oh. a lot of sense. Yeah. No, because I was curious, because, like, okay, so so Twinkie is in high school, but he's chilling with these models. Is that, like, trouble for them? So I looked well, it up. Well, they're, like, 18 or 17. I don't no, know. but if the, how do you know that models age? And honestly, most models in Japan, like, get ported in when they're, like, 16, because they're all, like... Uh, Eastern European or whatever. <laughs> oof, oof. That was a that was a whole movie that it was a documentary. It's a great documentary. Okay, yeah. never mind. I'll never mind. But yeah, so thirteen age of consent. So I guess that like wipes a lot of uh, a lot of stuff away. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. I wonder if that's Japan left is over a weird from, place. Like, is that from like feudal times? Then it's just you know somehow it's still on the books. But that makes like. Oh, never mind. I want to guess. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just, just, just everybody, everybody, think about what I was gonna say. Agree, about a vending and then machine. just go something back. Something about a something about a vending machine. No, it had nothing to do with vending machines. Oh, okay, but it was close. <laughs> so now, before we dive headfirst into the world of Tokyo Drift, Drift head first. for this episode, the first of three episodes of this three-episode crossover, yes. let's briefly take a couple minutes 
and Joe and I talked about the intro, but Mike and Brian, I think you both watched the Hobbs and Shaw trailer. Yes. Is that true? Did you both watch oh it or God. not? Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. So what are your thoughts yes. on the trailer? Um, I watched it live on air in the intro, oh. so I've seen it once. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Hobbs and Shaw as the movie, or the trailer, or whatever? Well, first, I just want to say that I'm very excited that they're doing these sort of uh, spinoffs. Like, I think this yeah. is what Star Wars has been trying to do, but, like, it just, there's something off about it. Like, the flavor's just not there, but, like, this, I feel like it's working, it's going to work great for Fast and Furious. Like, this whole, the whole marketing thing, I'm just, I, I love it. I'm loving it. Like, I was so excited. I was so excited. You know, Joey, I'm trying not to watch a lot of trailers, but I just, I couldn't we, yeah, not we talked watch about this, this trailer, right? And, like, it just blew my mind. Like, it just felt like, I don't know, I was just getting it injected right into my veins, like, exactly what I wanted from <laughs> from this. Like, I was so happy. I mean, I still can't even compose my thoughts properly, and I've only seen it twice as well, but my eyes are still recovering, and, like, I can't wait. It feels like this franchise is very conducive to spinoffs, though, because, like, we, like, mentioned this a little bit beforehand. It's like, two pretty much is a spinoff, and three is a set, like, it's way different as a oh, cast. Yeah, I mean, so, that's... like, they've already set us up that, like, we're okay with spin- – if you're still in it at eight, you're okay with <laughs> two and three, you know? So, like, you're you're yeah. down for the spinoff. I, th- I feel like we'll talk more about that on, on my episode about how, like, this part three is, you know, like, more like an anthology kind of thing and everything like that. But you're right. Like, just because of the nature of the series so far and how many times they've tried to switch it up and change it and, and it still worked, that I feel like they've – they understand the core of what makes it work, and they're able to sort of offshoot that now into all these different movies. And, and this still felt very much, like, uh, on par with, like, 6 and 7 or something. Yeah. 6, 7, and 8, you know? Like, it feels like Action-y. it's yeah. still going down the same road, so to speak, as the previous <laughs> movies. Like, it feels connected, and I'm really excited. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I know I got talked to you guys a little bit off-air. I have... More questions than answers. Good, because that was like the next part of this, so go ahead. No, I, I thought it was a really, really fun trailer, though. I know I said this off air to you guys, too, but like, Hobbs is just becoming The Rock. Yeah. And like, this trailer, like, has confirmed it. Like, he is not even a Dwayne Johnson. Character. He's, he's, the, he's The Rock. You yeah, know? he is. <laughs> I'm a can of, what does he say? Like, I'm a can of, I'm a, I'm a cold hard can of can whoop ass. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which is a stone cold line. That's exactly what yeah. this he's becoming the rock. I agree. And it's funny, so early in uh Dwayne Johnson's movie career, he was pretty much the rock just in things. Like, oh, the rock is Scorpion King. Yeah, he was he was they always just playing the same character he is from wrestling, but just in a movie. Yeah, yeah and he would like do wrestling moves when he fought. Like if you watch like the rundown and like Walking Tall, like you watch those old Dwayne Johnson movies, and he's doing like wrestling shit because that's why they know people were watching at the time. And it, now he's like has so much power, he's just like morphing back into that. That <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, or I don't know, maybe you guys know more than me, but it seems like he has almost 100% creative control over his character. Uh, yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, because I know from, like, production stills, they're really leaning, like, he's bringing a lot of his own personal heritage back into the role, right? Yeah, With, that's like, what I was going to mention. The introduction of his <laughs> yep. extended family and everything, right? But that also feels like they gave Vin Diesel license to do that as well, to say, you know, really do what you want with this character and stuff but no that's not wrong yeah i think i mean i think i feel like that's a positive i think it's interesting that he's able to say like i could use the rock in this 
franchise and have him be that character now. I think it fits, but yeah, it does. It works. And again, you touch on the Samoan thing, and I have a lot of questions about that, but we don't have to get into that. Now, from watching the trailer, I'm thinking that's more like probably like a two second scene. It might be, but all these movies are three hours long now, so <laughs> fair. Who the yeah, fuck I knows? I feel like we saw one percent of what's going on in this movie. Well, how could his Samoan brothers like help him with a car that's so isolated on an island that's going to take like a cargo? Oh yeah, Brian's you know. logic. I forgot about Brian's logic <laughs> argument about this. Go ahead. Explain your logic argument that you have. But also, before he explains the logic, I also want to say, if this is where you have the, the logic leaps, like if this is what breaks <laughs> your logic train in this franchise, I don't know what you've been watching for the last eight movies, but uh, anyway, go ahead. But this this might, like, getting to space is more feasible than, <laughs> than getting American muscle cars to Samoa and then getting them off. <laughs> I, and I, I probably like that's probably true. Like, where you know, is Samoa? Can I look it up real quick? It's in it's in the Pacific. It's pretty isolated. It's not very big. I mean, look, I could be totally wrong. Your Samoan fans, please correct me. <laughs> Family at cageclub.me. <laughs> Let me know what the car culture is like in Samoa. Maybe maybe they they drove them off a plane or a boat. Yeah, and they, maybe it's a car boat. Oh yeah, Samoa's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, a car boat takes forever. Way it would have had to, like, go to Hawaii first and then to Samoa. I mean, do we not know that, like, the Samoan family, like, have set up shop in, like, Southern California? That could be as well. And oh, I also true. Agree Good with you, point. Joey. Like, I don't know why, I don't know how you can get hung up on that. And in this movie, the lines are uttered, he's bulletproof. You know, like they have bulletproof yes. Idris Elba. That's the next in this point I want to get in to. the trailer. He's like he's just that. superhuman. At the beginning of the trailer, you see him get like electrocuted, and now he's like, "I am bulletproof. I'm a superhuman," and that's <laughs> where we start. Which is something we didn't call. Like when we were talking about, no. we were talking about it with Walt, yeah. and we were like, you know, what's what's the next evolution of this? Where are you going to go in Nine? Where are you going to go in Hobbs and Shaw? And we were like, you know, we like laughed space. And um, heel turns, we've already done that, right? And we're like, so what can you do next? And we all kind of were like, we were so accustomed to the the, the fact in our heads that that they're all kind of superhuman already. Like Dom can get mm-hmm. shot and just pull the like he flexes the bullet out and like all these. Yeah, they're kind of indestructible. Things. They're indestructible. Already. So then you get a character that comes in and goes, "No, I'm actually superhuman." I was like, "That's fucking." I wasn't expecting that at all because I like already thought they were all superhuman. You know. See, that really spoke to me. What I love about this franchise is how it's able to just absorb all these different elements and evolve itself. Like, like I mentioned in part one that how it sort of starts off as like a western uh down the line like with five and six i totally feel like it's a soap opera you know yeah. when you get into amnesia and long lost this person and that person comes back from the dead and things and and now like it's going even further we're going into like sci-fi fantasy stuff yeah and, and it all works like it all <laughs> it still fits yeah like i'm amazed <laughs> i feel like it's okay i'm cool with they that. haven't pushed us to a point yet where all us like where we're like we quit Right, that's the that's the ultimate goal. They need to keep. I think us... I'm there for life. Like I think if eight didn't make me, you know, totally throw up my arms and go, I can't take an evil dom for a movie. Yes. Like if I couldn't do that, I think you know, if I didn't walk away, then I don't think I'm ever gonna walk away. I think exactly. we could do a movie a hundred percent under the sea, and I'd be there. <laughs> and that's why that is more believable than the Samoan <laughs> car situation. And by the way, I looked it up. They are in Samoa in that picture. They're supposed to be okay. filmed in Samoa. On the DL, looked up Samoan car culture. Ironically, to your question before, very much 
like import car culture, not muscle car culture. So. Ooh, interesting. Well, it looks like they're building some custom, you know, Hobbs type vehicles in this movie as well, because he's driving some unconventional stuff here. Yeah. So they could just be some kind of crazy mechanics that you know make monster trucks and things. Too. Like monster. Well, maybe that's or the answer. Maybe that's the answer to the question. If Brian's saying that they're mostly into imports, maybe they they set up shop as like this Amer- like the American muscle, the go to for the American mm, muscle. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's why they're so sought after. How big is the? How big is Samoa? Like there has to be like one muscle car shop on this whole <laughs> island. It's so fucking know, tiny. Like, like how dudes. <laughs> Dudes from Samoa are just massive, though, right? Like every yeah, that's crazy. Like I wish I was born there because I feel like such a small person. Like when I we see can all guys, be in like the NFL the right now. His cousins. Yeah, they're either all wrestlers or all in the NFL. Yeah, exactly, because they're just monstrous. <laughs> so whatever that diet is, I mean, they need to market that diet. There's jeans. There's genes. a bunch of there's a there's a kid from New Jersey who would have loved to have been like the size of the Rock at one point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so what did you guys think of the use of the song in this because songs have always been and especially in this movie I feel like they really kick the soundtrack up a notch you talking about the the why can't we be friends why can't we be friends yeah I love it I personally I just love that song and it fits the narrative so well with the like them both doing the he's an asshole and pointing each other at the same time and dropping in why can't we be friends it's just like it fits so perfect for my Aesthetic, like I—that's what I wanted from it. We talked about it a little bit before, and I, you know, the first thing I said, Joe, was like from Guardians. Like I feel like there's songs that have pervaded from, or that have been in other movies that are so known that it's hard to remove Guardians really from use it. it again. Yeah, and I feel like this isn't quite there. But I feel like it's close. Like, I feel like it's kind of the song where, like, you might not want to use it. I think think that, on top of the, we're saying he's superhuman, is the part that, like, throws it over the edge for me where I can understand you. If Idris Elba wouldn't have said, I'm bulletproof, and then they drop in Why Can't We Be Friends, I would have been okay with both of them separately. Mm. But, like, I can see your point with the combination. Yeah, I definitely felt like it was risky at first. I was like, whoa, like, this is, we've set up, like, a certain tone with the action, and now we're switching on a dime with this song. Like, it instantly just, like, alleviates a lot, any of the tension of Bulletproof Idris Elba's out there on the hunt, and now it's like, oh, uh, it's like a buddy comedy also, by the way. But I think it was, I think it worked for me. I thought it was smart. Like, it definitely lets you know exactly the premise, what's going on. Like, this is just, they're going to be bickering with each other the entire movie. Which I'm excited for. Yeah, Yeah, it's just going to, it's going to be like a contest to see who could save the world better, I guess, (laughs) or whatever. I mean, yeah, I I, I hear what you're saying about, like, you don't maybe want to use... You know, something that catchy or that popular. That was just used recently. Like, that's not... It's still in our memories, right? Mm-hmm. We all thought Guardians. Yeah, and the franchise has sort of been known to, like, introduce songs or, like, make songs, like, more famous through the movies and everything like that. Or, you know, I just think uh, we own it. You know, like, that song, um, like, I didn't know it until a Fast and Furious movie. But I, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I thought it, it balanced the tone really well between, like, the light and the dark stuff. And, yeah, it just made me know, like, they're... They're going to try and be... It's going to be funny, too. It's not just going to be it's gonna 100% be funny. serious. For sure. And that feels, though, very much like The Rock, though. Like, you know, like he's... 
obviously mm-hmm. a badass and he's serious, but you don't take him 100% seriously in things in terms of, like... There, there's always levity to rockish characters. You know? Yeah, it, but he was... But Hobbs, at, like, the beginning when he came in, was, like, all serious. So I like that we're making this divergence and letting Dwayne Johnson bring more of the rock into it. Well, yeah, I mean, we talked about that, right? About how they didn't feel really feel like they knew how to write him, and then over time... To like about a movie and a half before they were like, oh, like let, this is how we could do him well. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. So I'm excited about that. How do you yeah. guys all feel about Jason Statham playing kind of like a bougie Lothario? Because they're kind of pitching him as the like the stud in this one, right? Like he's driving like the fast cars. He's like drinking a beer. He's gonna be the kind of like female eye candy for this movie. And like, how does that make <laughs> you feel? First, I just felt like they're the odd couple. Right, like yeah. that's what they were doing. Like the Rock is dirty and wears sandals and a T-shirt, and Jason Statham is like, you know, wearing his Oxfords and his suits and you know all that kind of thing. I, I didn't even occur to me that he was like the eye candy or anything like that. But I think that's good, right? Like that's something this franchise has sort of been kind of good at is not just objectifying women, but but giving men, you know, a shot also, right? Is like saying, but it's Jason Statham, w- dude. Women find him irresistible. Really, yeah. men too. Men, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I. That's why I didn't really understand your question, Joe. Because yeah. like, oh, he's seriously. he's always like this, dude, like ritzy, yeah. like you know, he's essentially in a lot of ways like more actiony James Bond. Like he is fair, the British classic gentleman. But he doesn't look like Daniel who, Craig like, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Okay. It's, it's just like the, he, the manliness, the spy type feel. Well, you know what it is? Like I feel like even just in his look, he's got an edgier sort of like bad boy kind of thing. Like you, he doesn't come across as the nice guy. So like when he does play a hero, it's like even cooler, I feel. Like okay. I always feel of him like an anti-hero or yeah. someone, like a Wolverine type guy where it's like, oh, he's reluctantly good or something like that. Makes but, sense. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, like he is a perfect specimen. That's what I always had heard. But <laughs> <laughs> Are we over the fact that he killed Han? It seems... Mm. We've, well, been, this, we've been over that. But this, this kind of seems like a divergence, right? Because like Hobbs has no horse in that game. So it doesn't matter fair, if... Fair. If Hobbs is involved with Shaw, because it's they're not they in the same wavelength. Like he wasn't part yeah. of the family to deal with that. So that was a smart move. Whoever, I'm sure they were. They had a chart, and they were like, <laughs> "Okay, does does Hobbs need justice for, for Han?" Or <laughs> no, not? yeah, he totally didn't. Yeah, you know, Joe. One thing we did not talk about in the when we talked about it the first time in the intro when they in, when they bring them together, like we need the best trackers in the world. They point each other like they say, "But he's an asshole or yes. whatever." Right? That's the same excuse, the same reasoning. Why they bring in Dom to no 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 why they bring in in eighth they bring in Stephen for there because they're like we need the best to get to find the best you know what I mean oh mm-hmm. but I but it's also the same reasoning why you bring in Dom when Hobbs brings in Dom to find the people in six well yeah so I mean like if that feels a little lazy but it I does because right. re- in eight we had the big conflict like this guy killed Han why is he in the room with us they're like oh well he, there's only two people in the world. Who have found, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's that same thing. So it just feels like these are, you know, we, we talk about, uh, you know, how there could be other crews, these other, you know, elite trackers or whatever. And it feels like these movies keep reinforcing. If you need to find someone, these are the two guys. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, that's fair. I don't know. I think they always do that, though, in terms of, like, that's how they justify... Roman? Not on a very, very, very much smaller scale. It's like, oh, the only other guy who could do this with Brian is his friend from Barso. Yes. You know, Fair. like, that, that's always, they're just, like, their justification they're increasing for increasing it. In, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to the nth degree. At least it's already Deckard Shaw's MO, right? Like, they've already 
brought him in because he's a great tracker. So like, let's use him again, right? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't. Know. I can understand. I get the redundancy of it. I'm not complaining, uh, by the way. I'm just saying. No, me neither. Because because no. I'm saying I was totally okay with it. Like I didn't even notice it was something that was redundant. Like I was so gung ho for it to happen that they were like, "We need him because they track stuff," and I was like, "Cool, works for me." Enough explanation. Any other thoughts about Hobbs and Shaw, the trailer, the promotional material, anything before we dive back into Tokyo Drift? I was a little surprised there was no, it wasn't Mr. Nobody who got them together in the trailer. I thought for sure he was going to be sort of like the connecting, like, thread between the Fast and Furious movies and stuff. Well, I I was saying to Joe in the intro, like, it's weird to watch a movie that's set in a world that you know so well with only two characters you know. So, like, I, I wonder if like a Mr. Nobody or a Little Nobody or somebody will cross over. I feel over. like, like we maybe, have to drop you know, in a bunch of those characters. Cypher, maybe? Like you know, Hector. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like these kind Orange of... Orange Julius? <laughs> I think Hector is very low on the list, and Orange Julius is even lower. I, I don't agree. I think we need an Orange Julius spinoff. <laughs> no, we don't. He sucks. But maybe Sean will show up. That's what I'm saying. Like, like we got Sean in Seven or whatever, but I'm saying we need somebody like... Like, they're like, oh, man, like... We're running out of Sparko steering wheels, and like Twinkie shows up, right? And like, or, or like, what if you know? What if uh, it turns out Idris Elba is being funded by DK or something like? Yes, that? by the like Yakuza. D- he 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 got he got superheroed by the Yakuza. He was like the first trial of superheroing. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Or maybe he's funded by Sean's dad. <laughs> Tell you what, Sean's dad will get him wherever he needs to go on time. <laughs> That's true. Or not. Maybe not. Oh, Maybe God. not. I think three to one. I think you lost, Joey. No, I'm not going to lose. I mean, this is this ain't no 10-second race, Brian. We got nothing but time <laughs> fair, fair. for me to find people on my side in this movie. Fair. So here we are, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, number three in the franchise. We will talk about, as we said earlier, the high school settings on Brian's part two of this, and talk about how this sort of fits in with the franchise on Mike's side of things. But here we are talking about the actual movie itself, within this world. Uh, we talked about, about how it's sort of separate, but also kind of connected to what's going on, sort of not, kind of in sort of yeah. in between in the middle. Mike, what do you think? What, what are your thoughts on Tokyo Drift? What do, you, what do you want to talk about first with this movie, knowing that we've got another couple hours to talk about with your <laughs> show and Brian's show? The main thing I want to talk about with this movie, why I guess I loved it so much, is because we're out of America. Like, we took this abroad, and we're in Japan, of all places. I think that was a great first place to go with the franchise, because not only the amazing-looking cars of the car, car culture, culture yeah, the, they have their own car they, culture. But, like, yeah, and it's an incredibly influential one around the world with the idea of the drifting. You yep. know, like, this, the concept of the drifting, I think, was perfect to uh, sort of base this entire movie around. Like, in all honesty, like, you know the people in this movie they're they're good i think the acting's good i think they all work really well but like that's not why i'm here really i'm here for this in this movie for the cars and the and cool the driving drifting, and the cool driving and the setting of japan and the look and the music and it's not even so much you know even the story and the humans and it's just all the stuff all the aesthetic i just love it so much that they really could be saying anything most of the time then <laughs> it wouldn't matter um now it just turns out that like there are some really nice moments in here like i feel like han has really nice moments i feel like neela has really nice moments even you know sean has some nice times here yeah like overall i just really get pumped up watching this i think it looks great it sounds great and I always have a lot of fun when I put this on. Brian, what about you? I'm not a car guy, even though I love this franchise. I'm not a car guy, so that part doesn't necessarily appeal to me. 
but a, a lot of what appealed to me was like when I first saw it, it was like can they do this can they build outside stories into this world and you know I think they did and I think they introduced a lot of cool characters theoretically if they didn't bring Vin Diesel in and I know Mike will talk about this more in your show I think that they could have spun off more even in this world, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But they still they still could. And they did when they, you know, they took a character from this movie and drove yep. it backwards into the franchise, so. When I was watching it this time, though, I had something that I wanted to talk to you guys about a little bit. Neela and DK are, a, like, an item, right, at the beginning of the movie. Yep. We, you know, we, we get into Neela's backstory. You know, Neela's mom was essentially a hooker. Is what we kind mm-hmm. of figure out. The best in her district. Uh, Australian, no less. Uh, yeah. Well, DK says her, her mom was a hooker. She says my mom was, like, worked at, like, a, you know, coffee or something, right? She, like, worked in, like, a, what are they called? Like, a hostess lounge. So it's, like, kind of not a hooker, but kind of a hooker. More high-class escort, probably. Yeah. Like, like the s- roadhouse in Twin Peaks as opposed to, like, the corner or something like that. Yeah. She says, my mom died, and DK's grandparents took me in. And, like, I live with them since I was 10. If you had this girl that, like, wasn't, like, that was essentially your schoolmate, and she came and moved into your house when she was, when she was 10, wouldn't you guys have more of, like, this cousin-y kind of brother and sisterly feel than, like, that you wouldn't ever date? Mike, I will let you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Did you ever... No, like I, like, I don't have any experience with this, like, like a, like a transfer student or something like that, but, like, it feels more of, like... This would have like you would have grown up you would have grown up together and it would feel weird to me that I had somebody that I grew up together become a love interest so close after you you know hit puberty or whatever. I don't get the sense that like DK fell in love with her when she just moved in. Like I feel like they you know were sort of like step brother and sister or whatever or that kind of relationship and then over the years like you know as they got older and now she's 17 and he's probably in his 20s right because he's not yeah. in high school like at some point there could have been some kind of attraction there perhaps but what is problematic mostly is that dk is an obsessive asshole about everything right yeah and that he isn't allow anybody else to look at this like you know his sister that he's in love with like that's to me why it's so creepy and gross and everything you know is because of his possessiveness and okay and all of that kind of because i feel like it's totally possible if like you know a family so, like, say, what are we guessing like, how old are we guessing he is like 22 early 20s yeah okay yeah, and she's like 21. 17 so she moved in when she's when she was seven so minus seven or minus 10 like she was 10 Maybe like 11 so he would have been like a no, no, it's minus 11, 7 12. from 22, so I don't, 15. I just, he I, was like 15, she was like 10. I just don't feel like it's outside of the realm of possibilities or that it's like, you know, entirely wrong that like, let's say, you know, uh, close close friends of the family, you know, died and you took in their children or you know what I'm saying? And then you also had a child close to that age. Like, I think growing up in a close proximity doesn't say you can't be like romantic down the line or anything okay. like that. That's, I, I, was, I want to know if it was creepy DK just is to a me. Creepy asshole. Yeah, that's so I think it's I think it's sort of similar to like, you know, growing up next door. I mean, it's you're in the same house, but like growing up next door to somebody and never thinking that way and then realizing mm-hmm. you have this whole shared experience with them and like you're actually in love with them. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's okay. sort yeah. of like that, but like 
a little closer and maybe a little weirder, but also... I've never, no, I've just th- never had this related, experience. So. Like, I never... But also, consent age was 13, right? So, like... <laughs> oh, God. No, uh... But, like, I never I never later developed a liking and, and dated someone that I knew when I was a kid. I didn't know if this is something that was just strange to me and, like, how it was perceived no. by you guys. I did. Like, I remember, like, growing up, there was a girl next door or around the block, and, like, I never, you know, I was a kid, never paid any attention to her and then one day walking home from high school i saw her and i like started talking to her and i was like became very interested in her yeah and, like we did we did start hanging out and things so like it's it happens it's possible mike yeah what happened <laughs> to the girl what happened <laughs> yeah. oh um i we lost touch wait wait, wait 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 should we save this for ryan's podcast oh, oh yeah yeah should. definitely oh, should have saved let me table write it down. It. Okay. okay table that table this brian make a note we'll bring it up on the next episode part two see where no, my mind goes. i just watch high school Tokyo. films that's why yeah you guys are talking about like fast cars and hot women i'm like what happened to mike's girl <laughs> Do we do we sort of cover that? Do you do you feel okay with that? Answer, yeah, no, Joe? I wanted to know because because I don't have this experience. I was feeling like it was kind of creepy because like the only experience I do have is with a biological sister who's seven years younger than me, which I thought was probably close to kind of how far apart they were. So I was like, this is just weird. Or like even like one of my sister's friends, that would be weird. And I was just like, does this weird to anyone else, or is it just me? And it, it seems like it's more like. See, just I mean, me. maybe we'll get more into it on Brian's show, but I was trying to date my sister's friends. Oh, she was only two years older than me. No, so, older is fine. Know. Older is different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. seven, five to seven years younger is like, ugh, like it, it just freaks me out. But that's that's my only experience with it. I have a very shallow like window of looking through this. So, but either way, shout out Maria. Shout, yeah, God, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> she is definitely not listening. She's definitely not. We know, we learned that from the last time. Oh, well, she listens only when you tell her to listen, and then you tell her to listen to the wrong part, and then she gets mad at me <laughs> because you don't message her back. That's a whole story for another podcast, <laughs> which we've already told. Okay, Ryan, what about you? What uh, what's your what's your big takeaway from this time around? What what did you notice anything this time around that you never caught before? Um, anything that you really want to make sure that we we cover on this episode before we you know shift gears into your show? Uh, what's your big takeaway this time around in Tokyo Drift? Well, a lot of it I'm going to talk about on my show because I watched it again, this time as a high school film. So that's okay. c- kind of what I was uh, really looking at. I've seen this movie so many times that there's hardly anything that like I really noticed. Because again, I'm not a car guy, so I'm not like, oh shit, that car is a spoiler. I didn't realize that. You know? Yeah. Oh shit, that car is green. Or what about like, oh shit, it's like a it's like a carousel for a parking garage. Like that's amazing. Yeah. That Mike, great. as you said that, that's on. The, I'm now watching the movie for the third time tonight on mute for the second time. Then I watched it. Then I had it on while we were recording first. Now I'm watching it again. And as you said that, the carousel came on screen. So you have wow. freaky timing. Just so Jeez. just just wow. so you know. You asked me what I noticed this time. Like I noticed that shit the first time I saw this, and I was like, Japan is so oh, cool. I hear you. Yeah. Okay, stop bragging. All right, we get it. We get it. Uh, so, yes, I mean, this is one that we'll talk about more about in your episode, but there's two high schools, which I don't know how often that happens in your movies, Ooh, but there's two very, very distinct point, yeah. high school experiences. Oh, yeah, this is all about, like, the comparisons between basically high schools and different worlds. And in both movies, in both worlds, in both countries, uh, he is sort of a gaijin. He's sort of the outcast yeah. in both worlds, different ways. So we'll talk about that on... High school slumber party. Drop the hard G, Joey. I know. Well, I mean, I want to know how bad this was. This is the thought that I had watching this movie. I want to know what the American equivalent to that word is. Like, I want to know if Japanese people are watching this movie going, "Ugh!" Like, I can't believe they said it, or if it was just like 
It's just a word like you're like a goofball. You know, like we would hear it and we'd be like, oh, look at that goofball. And you'd be like, oh, okay. It can't be that bad because like they regular regularly called like uh, out-of-country baseball players, that term. Oh, okay. Some feel the word, this is according to Wikipedia, some feel the word has a, a negative or pejorative connotation, while others maintain it's either neutral or even positive. Okay, cool. Okay, so... Uh, people saying, you know, like, Gaikugujin, which yeah. is probably not the way you pronounce it, which means foreign country person, is a more neutral and somewhat more formal term widely used in Japanese government and in media. Okay. I feel like it's partially in the inflection, the way that you say it. Of, sure, too, of course. You know that's I mean? all words, language. Yeah, I get that. I was just saying, like, I can't think of a word that I want to say that would be the, like, what I'm imagining it sounds like versus, like... It's like there's a character in Land of the Dead, and I believe his name is, like... Chingon or something like that, or I don't know. It's like a derogatory. His name is like a slur for like um, like Mexican Americans or something. But like that Cholo, that's it. So his name is Cholo. I always thought that that was a derogatory term. Yeah. And yet this guy, that's his name in the movie. Now, granted, it was written and directed by George Romero, who who is Mexican, I think. You know, but that's what I mean. I, I, I don't need know. That always with... struck me as yeah. like, how do you use that? This uh, is this is probably. what I was getting at. Yeah, I want to hear like if it's like cholo or or like what the context is of it like how bad does it the, sound because i think the thing to keep in mind is that this is still a mainstream major hollywood studio movie but it wasn't and pitched it was, for japan so like they could kind of get away with stuff but it, it, no but they're not still not going to like universal like there's enough layers mm-hmm. of bureaucracy that they're not going to have a word being said multiple times Do we want to revisit like, the first just, one because we heard words that were said that just slipped through the, the censorship. Well, that was that was the culture of the time. This word dates back to the 13th century. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's not the connotation at the time. But like, it's not. I, I I think I'm more inclined to agree with Joey. I don't think it's as hard as like the N word or no, anything no, because no, it's, it's not. not like we have Ludacris saying the N. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, they don't fair. have Ludacris and Tyree calling each other that in part six and seven, right? Yeah. So like, I can't be as hard as that. I think it's just as hard as saying like outsider, right? Like, okay. n- nobody wants to be the outsider theoretically, but it's not like offensive, you know? Fair. It's offensive if you take it personally. Yeah, I really wish that I could hear it from a, a Japanese first language speaking perspective and hear how bad or how soft it is. Maybe next lap. Maybe, maybe I'll just study a lot of Japanese and get a Japanese guest on. Maybe. <laughs> speaking of language, you know what? One of my favorite parts of this movie is that I always forget. What? Like just about the last half hour, there's no words spoken. Basically, from the time that Sean leaves Sunny Chiba's den. Yeah. Of gangster den and they agree to race like from then to the end of the race no one says a word it's just working on the car in silence yep yeah and sound and and all it's i was kind of like wow i'm really digging this like they're i don't know if they're trying something intentionally or if it's just the way it worked out or whatever but i was like it's really cool how it doesn't need any more dialogue to finish out this movie like we could just do it all in pure cinema like moving pictures i thought that was really cool it's something i didn't really think about like i i knew exactly what you're talking about when you said it but it's not something i actively thought about you know one thing i want to bring up that i don't know if it's what mike said reminded me that we've talked about i think in in the past uh about this movie but also about other movies there's a lot of there's a handful of races that have like the the start right where like in the in America there's the girl who takes her bra off as the flag to to, to start the yes. race right where through Shangri La there's the girls the babes at the end where Vin is racing the new DK where he's racing Sean yep. but I I just love how cool it is I know I know we've talked about the guy before 
about the the guy smoking the cigarette to start the 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 drift up the parking deck. Yes. Or just like this cool young Japanese dude smoking a cigarette. He drops the cigarette and just says go, and they they dig off. I think that's super cool. And then at the you know the race down the mountain, they're just like an old dude. Like I just mm-hmm. love that this movie feels more not inclusive is the wrong word, but more diverse and sort of a wider swath. It's not just a hot girl starting the race. Yeah, because like, then later like this... we get like Rita Ora and stuff like that. So like we continue along with the girl theme, whereas right. like, this is the yes. only one where we get like an old guy and a guy and yeah. Yeah, and I think that's cool. Like I think it's just a different you know different culture, different perspective, just sort of a different thing altogether. I think so. I love that it was the old fingerless yakuza guy doing the. Uh like the ready set go thing <laughs> yeah like yeah i mean and also like it makes like it per- it personalizes all the races a little more too i feel like it gives it all like more meaning you know because that's a very serious race and so like the yakuza are in charge like you wouldn't have you know they wouldn't want anyone sort of joking around and like yeah right it's not a light Tainting situation it. They wouldn't, so. it wouldn't be tainted yeah it's almost ceremonial or something like yeah. that whereas the other ones are yeah way more fun and stuff but i also agree with that kid smoking the cigarette like that is probably one of the coolest guys ever shown on in a movie like ever <laughs> he's just super cool like i kind of yeah he just exudes coolness i agree he's like the zach efron of japan oh not the justin timberlake the, the justin speaking timberlake. of sort of kind of a little bit of trivia this is what i messaged you before joe channing tatum auditioned to be in this movie was he gonna be sean yeah sean i don't know i would hope that so was, that he was, was the extent of the trivia it was in my show notes oh he, he lost out sh- to Lucas Black. Fuck, what a terrible choice. Our whole <laughs> worlds could have collided and we didn't even know it. Like, I only know Lucas Black from Sling Blade and he was like a little kid in that, right? So, like, it was hard to sort of tell, like, if, you know, he could do this. But I feel like he's fine. Like, what I like no, most about him No, but I mean, him but comparing is, him uh, to Channing. Oh, no, no. Channing would have been, no, yeah, apples and oranges. Like, that. he's just streets ahead. Well, I was messaging Brian this week that Friday Night Lights, the movie, has been on Showtime a bunch, and uh, Lucas Black plays the quarterback. Yeah, big uh, high yeah, school no film. Kidding. We'll definitely cover so, that. So, sort of spoilers, but it's early on. But in the movie, the star running back gets hurt, and they have to, like, count on Lucas Black to get them to the championship. And it's different in the show. Like, in the show, they have, like, this quarterback who's going to take them all the way. In the first game of the, fir- of the season, in the first episode, he goes down for the year and the backup quarterback. So it's, like, a, it's, it's similar, but it's different. But, yeah, Lucas Black is, like, the backbone of that team after the star running back gets hurt. So By the way, if they choose Channing Tatum, you know he's in further films. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because, like, at this point, his trajectory was already going up. So he would have had to have been... I think that was it. You couldn't have him compete with Brian if they ever brought up Brian back. So, Joe, just just for context, 2006 was the same year as Step Up. Yep. It was after uh, Supercross. It was after Havoc. It was after uh, he was not in War of the Worlds. It was after Coach Carter. And it was right before... Uh, a guy to recognize your saints, Ragazzi, and also Battle in Seattle. So, like, it's in that wheelhouse where he's playing high schoolers who are yeah. still, he's too old to be playing high schoolers, but it's the same kind of thing, which we'll get into more he's on Brian. Lu- he's his oldest Lucas Black, yeah. Well, what I like about Lucas Black, though, is what sells it for me, to be honest, is his southern accent because, like, um, like I said, yeah, cowboy, right. And, like, the series sort of started with a bit of, like, a, West, a modern western edge to it and to a degree, and so, like, I feel like there's a lot of sort of showdown moments in this movie where uh, people are like so facing deep. off. And samurai movie and western movies are like they intersect. So right, just culturally it fits. Now that you say that, yeah. Him being from the south is like just a cool little touch. You know those old westerns where the cowboy makes a run for the border? Oh, this is <laughs> <in> Mexico. <laughs> oh, exactly. 
Mike, what were your big takeaways? What was your? Because uh, I know you've seen these movie, this movie a bunch, just like us. But like, what did you notice this time around? What do you want to talk yeah. about the most on this episode? It's mostly, I guess, character things. Like, okay, so so Twinkie really tweaked my interest this time around. I was thinking a little deeper about his character, and he kind of feels like a Tej and Roman combo to me. Okay, um, yeah, if, I can if see that. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, he's, he's sort of like also like Red from Shawshank Redemption, where it's like, whatever you need, I can get you. But I also know my shit about cars, and I know my way around the city, and if you need anything, I'm your hookup man. So, And he's also like, you know, charming and funny and makes girls laugh. And so I was getting a real like combo Tej and Roman sort of vibe off of him and then obviously like Han is Dom and DK is Johnny Tran and yeah stuff. And like, I don't know there's just a lot of symmetry between this and the first movie no well and you know even Sean is a fish out of water in the way Brian was a lot oh, yeah. of the sense very you know, parallel just in a you know this time around I really I don't know if I ever got his name but DK's friend who's still in high school yes the blonde hair um, kid yeah so like I ended up Right, calling him Vegeta because I like <laughs> I love Dragon Ball. Else. What did we call him? We had a name for him too, Joey. I re- I forget. So it's not just him, but like at, during the the fight on the rooftop when he's fighting Bow Wow over the iPod. Yeah. Like him and his whole crew have like this crazy blonde hair, and they look just like characters from Dragon Ball Z. Yes. And I thought that was awesome, and I felt like it was intentional, and I felt like Justin Lin was probably like, you know what? Like, your whole crew, like, you're just like these evil Super Saiyans, and like, you rule the school, and, you know, like, just push everybody around, or whatever. So I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, his name is Morimoto. Ah, uh, okay. That's his name. Yeah, I don't think they ever say it, but or like... And then, DK's real name is Takashi, right? Yeah, he's Takashi. Okay. Takashi six nine, and I think he played Shredder <laughs> at one point in one of the Turtles movies. Though and did he? He's a really the good voice actor. Voice or the, uh, like a body? Body, like yeah. Uh, he had like the whole gear on, and then he took the huh. helmet off, and oh, it really? was him. Yeah, I oh, forget crazy. which one. It was one of the more recent ones, but I, I think that guy's a really good actor. I think you're thinking I of like Vanilla him. Ice. Go, Ninja, go, Ninja, go, dude. What if Robbie Van Winkle was in this movie? How would that be? That's Vanilla Ice's real yes. name. Deep cut. Deep cut. DJ Origins there. I had a question speaking on Twinkie and his prowess. Sh- Sean arrives in Japan. He's he's fresh on the block. Twinkie sits down, is like, I'm going to sell you some shoes. Pretty appropriate play, new kid in town. Um, he calls him for an army brat, so his dad might have some money. And Sean wants to only buy his steering wheel, although Sean doesn't have a car. So, like, <laughs> is he planning to build a car from the steering wheel up? Ooh. Or, like... What the fuck did he like? Like, why is he even interested? He was like, "You sell on like." He's not like, "Oh, that's a cool steering wheel." He's like, "Are you selling that steering wheel?" Maybe it's like Mad Max Fury Road, where they all have a steering wheel and they just like oh. go into a car and put it on, and, like suddenly it's their car. Oh, mm. and we find out later his dad does have that wreck across the street that he keeps in the garage. So maybe he was planning to fix that up one day. I don't. I, I just I saw it as like. Just small talk, like to oh, get into the like car cars, world. I yeah, like cars. I think so too. But like the way he approaches it with the like you selling this, I'm like, what the fuck are you gonna do with that, Sean? Like you don't have anywhere to, you don't have anything to do with this at all. Like steering wheel is the well, last I... thing you need right now. <laughs> well, I, I I also love how 
wonderful the coincidence is that the first person he meets in Japan, like that speaks English, is into the exact same shit that he's down yeah, with. Like they true. love racing. Like that's it. Like I found the first guy I hooked up with is like the only guy I need to find. Like, yeah, that's perfect. My, my in. Best best friend coincidence ever. But I love how he has his steering wheel strapped to his backpack. Like there's just something. It's pretty like, cool. You're just you're so in. That's when you know like you're living the culture. Like you're living that lifestyle, right? Yeah. It's just wherever you need to just strap your steering wheel like you're gonna does he drive to school though i feel like that looks like this yeah, is a congested weird. place like i wouldn't advise that no because he keeps that steering wheel belongs to the hulk mobile right and yeah. he keeps that In like the they go after school to check that out at the garage yeah so i don't think he he drives it to school and probably takes the bus like everybody so he just Dang. has it to show off i guess he's like big dick in I gotcha, get it. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Flossing, exactly. <laughs> it is kind of funny that he is selling those Jordans because Bow Wow was in a movie like Mike. Yep. Oh, which that's was like right. A yes. Michael Jordan basketball movie. So that was that's kind of funny. very true. I forgot about this connection. Oh, so this is, okay, so this is something that, you know, we, we've talked about sort of vaguely, but that actually reminded me. So this movie, within the within the Fastiverse, takes place in 2013. Okay. Oh, okay. But they're all got they all got flip phones. I mean, I guess, you know, are they still making Jordans? Are there still? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, are mm-hmm. they? Would they still be like the the shoes to buy? Yeah. Because I mean, yes. LeBron is yeah. name dropped in here, no. right? But like, like it's crazy. It's it's, it's kind of crazy how Jordans are still relevant. Like, the go-to. And they still but are they make cooler than ones. like the like the LeBrons yes. or the Kobe's or like yes. Steph Curry shoes yes. or whatever? Yeah. Certainly, Steph yeah. Curry shoes. Yeah, no, Jordans are still the shit. Like it's it's insane. Like, cause and I if he was like, they just like, made these. Them all. Yeah, I was like, should I get a pair? I was like, hell no, I can't afford these. And like, whatever. I, I still, I do have a pair. It's funny. I have a pair of Jordans I got a few years ago. I wear them to weddings. <laughs> like that, they're my wedding shoes. You know, because they're just really nice sneakers that were very expensive. That's cool. I'm judging you from afar. No, that's fancy. Oh well, I mean, Ryan, I won't wear them to your wedding <laughs> if you don't want me to. But you know. by the way, uh, I looked up the shoes. They're Air Jordan Twenty Ones. Red suede. If, if any yes. of your audience members would like to purchase them, they're available at the cageclub.me shop. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get custom Too Fast Too Fast Jordans made. It's going to be Patreon level 37. <laughs> That's a cool level. Yeah. It's there. It's there, it's there, it's there if you want. Do you guys want to play go. prices right quick? Guess the price that they're going for online from this random Oh, website. those specific ones? Like those on eBay? Ones. Yeah. Well, this is just like... A, from 2006? This is a Jordan site. It's the ones that he actually flashes out there. No, like the actual ones from the movie or like no, the, no, same, no, no, sorry. the same style and brand? Not the ones brand. from the movie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> same style and brand, not the actual ones. 450. 450 right now. Higher. Um, I'm going to say like 650. Well, these are, these are from 2006, didn't you say, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I assume because that's when the movie came out. It doesn't have it. I'm going to guess 777. Michael Manza, you were right on. 650, really? exactly. Oh, yeah. Jesus, cheating Mike at it again. No joke, no joke. You know your, yeah. you, you know your kicks, bro. I mean, I I was a sneakerhead at one point, and then it just I was going bankrupt. It's so, so expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just such an expensive hobby. Speaking of uh, expensive hobbies, over 100 cars were destroyed or wrecked while filming this movie. Interesting. And Toyo donated 4,000 tires, and they used half of them. So, oh Jesus, uh, you know he talks about how he they they go through you know two sets in a day, and and he get and Sean gets yelled at. He's like, they're not cheap or whatever, but like they burn through so many tires. So crazy. crazy. Yeah, I wonder how much drifting actually costs on that, and for that matter, like whatever it costs was worth it. No, no, I'm saying like if you were like, hey, 
me like we're gonna get we're gonna get down us four we're gonna take our cars we're gonna go drift them for the weekend do we have to buy a set of tires like every weekend because that that seems like that'd be pretty <laughs> costly right like i think i think so i think that's what you're getting at it's like guys grab your cars and like eight tires and meet me at the cabin <laughs> yeah gonna, it'd be like 600 bucks like weekend. every weekend right like i don't even know how much drifting tires cost but i imagine they're not like cheaper than like shitty tires well because you're constantly riding the brake when you're drifting, right? So all you're doing is wearing down the tire. Yeah, right? like it's you're just skimming. Con- you're like you're, you're skidding just... the whole time. Yeah, so like you're either gonna melt them, put a hole in them, or something. You know, at least one of the four are probably gonna deflate. I feel like by the end of one or two sessions, you know. Yeah, but it's just rowdy. I'm like trying to imagine like. What if my hobby cost me like eight hundred dollars a weekend? Yeah, well, I mean, you probably have the money. Like, if that's if that's your hobby, like you're doing pretty well. But they're kids in high school, so like this. Sort of, well, I guess they're well, like drug also, dealers. You know, and, but Han, yeah, you know, Han has eleven million dollars from Brazil. You know, be like Han is set. Yeah, true. That's fair. Right. Yeah, he's and just, he is just giving operation. cars away. Yeah, that's fair. Touche. I think you guys have solved all of my questionings from this time around. Um, yeah, so before before we go to our games, before we do our we find out with, with our quiz, what character Brian is now, is there anything else that either of you want to say on this episode before we close up shop for now and then go to Brian's podcast to talk about this movie again? Anything else you want to get, up, get off your chest in this episode in particular? Toyo Proxy Drifting Tires. Name the price for one. For one tire yes. or one set? One tire, uh, two hundred dollars. Yeah, I would say two. I was gonna say I was gonna say one fifty. One. I was gonna say one forty nine. I'll, I'll go one dollar, Bob. <laughs> the cheapest I found, uh, one twenty seven. I win. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's what I imagined, though. So a set is what six hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah. So you you were right on with that. Mike, you have anything else to say on this on this episode before we go over to the uh, before we we bust out our favorite jammies? And tell our mother that we're sleeping over at Brian's house. <laughs> anything else to say about Tokyo Drift on this episode? Yeah, so definitely watching it this time, you know, I had this whole other movie going on in my head, which was the Deckard Shaw Back to the Future 2 movie, where he's running around in the background of this yes. the entire time, spying on Han and his crew, just waiting for the perfect moment to arrive where he can do his calculated car crash and get some revenge for his brother and stuff like that just honestly in every scene i was like where could he be where do i think he is like is he maybe i wonder if he went and got like sushi is he having a sake right now like is he (laughs) like is he using a scope is you know when they're playing soccer and han and sean are talking about like han's past and stuff i bet for sure Decker is like listening in on that conversation. Oh, I thought you were going to say like a scope, like uh, the beginning well, yeah. of Face Off, where Nick Cage has, has a sniper rifle and he's watching uh, John Travolta and his kid on the merry-go-round, just like you know, mm-hmm. ready to kill them from afar. Well, that's exactly how I'm picturing it. Yeah, something like that for sure. And like throughout the whole movie, and he's and you know he's tracking DK and the and the Yakuza and everything, and he's just trying to find that perfect moment, and he does. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're not making those you know, special feature mini movies or anything the way Marvel's doing one shots. I think they made like one or two. Well they made so they made the the Paul Walker goes to Miami before two and yeah, then Los Bandoleros before four. Yeah. yeah. So like if they were to ever make another one, I would love to just see Decker in Tokyo. Same. Like, you know, I agree. Whatever he's been up to. So I love that they you know, we've talked about this a lot, but I love that they retrofitted Jason Statham into here because it adds stakes for seven. But if we don't have that in our minds, is it more likely that it's one of Sonny Chiba's men killing Han 
for stealing from him? Or is it more likely do you think that it's just like an accident? That there's somebody like speeding around a corner and they just plows into him? Like do you think it's I don't think you'd kill malicious family. or do you think it's an accident? I don't think you'd kill family, even in the Yakuza like I thought it was uh, He would punish him but not kill him. Yeah, I thought it was just an accident and I thought that's why it was so strong the first time because yeah. the movie does such a great job of like shifting focus from Sean and everything to Han and Sean and making Han like you know like elevate him you know from the beginning to the middle of the movie as like a main character and then boom he's gone like I really felt that the first time I watched the movie so I I like to imagine that it was just fate like fate of the furious uh it was it was a pure accident because they're high speed racing through the city and stuff and being, yeah and everyone else yeah, crashes too right like Sean crashes and Vegeta crashes and DK crashes, like everybody crashes. So couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, makes I didn't. sense. That's I'm what I thought when I first saw it. Fair, okay. Cool. Also, cool, cool. The Yakuza, such an ancient organization. I feel like when they kill people, it's in a specific way. I don't know what that way is, but honorable. Yes, it, it, it was very. Sloppy it would be more then. of the like the made man. You walk in, you get shot one time. You know what I mean? Type yeah. of thing. That's yeah. what I'm imagining too, Brian. Where they all stand around you as you put a knife into your own stomach and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just watch you commit Harry Curry. Maybe. Mike, any other thoughts about Tokyo Drift before we go to the games? I'm glad we got some NOS in here, but it's definitely the worst use of NOS yet, where they just use it to blow by the cops, I think, in this movie. But no, it's, it's not a bad it's not a bad use because if you're doing over one eighty, they don't they don't go after you. So like you gotta yeah. But I mean, after getting like ejector seats in the last movie and we did weaponizing the NOS, back. like yeah, yeah, there's just a right. Like I wish the focus was a little more NOS driven. I think we talked about. Actually, I'm looking right now. There's a bike with yeah. two just huge cans of NOS in yep. uh, That's in Han's garage. Mention, yeah. You know, I think it, this is more about precision than speed. Like it's about True. speed, very good. But it's point. more about uh, this is a different kind of driving, which we talked about on previous laps. So yeah, you know, NOS fair. doesn't really fit into the world where you have to like drift your way up a parking deck. Absolutely. Or down a mountain. Yeah. Brian, what about you? Any other thoughts to, to get off your chest this episode before we find out what character you are? Well, I was going to say this thought, and then maybe I'm thinking it more fits in our third time's a charm episode. Are you happy with the way Han spent his money? With what? He won his money in Brazil, and now he has yeah. like a car fleet, but he's also involved with the Yakuza, so I don't know. I think he's not happy with how he spent his money. True. That's fair. Yeah, but he feels I think trapped. I, th- I think it's also like his, his the love of his life died. And so he doesn't really like. This is just what he's got left. You know what I mean? Like I don't. Dude, like he doesn't seem depressed. It's like hookers and cocaine is essentially what he did, right? <laughs> well, you know, it it, it kind of reminds me of the end of Dust Till Dawn, where Clooney's going to Mexico, but Cheech is like, you know, it's going to cost you to live there, and there's sort of like these um, rules, even if like we are bad guys and stuff. And so I feel like Han is like, yeah, I'm in my Mexico, but like, you know, there's still an authority, and I don't have the power I used to wield out in the open world, and. You know, he's under a thumb to a degree, and so maybe he doesn't like that, uh, and that's why he starts, like, fooling around and ripping him off and, you know, trying to do other stuff, but that's how I felt. I felt like he felt restricted, but he had no other choice. And I think I'm going to talk about it more on the high school thing, but one of my questions that I wrote down is, why is Han hanging out with high schoolers? Yeah. I think it's just the drift culture, though. Like, they're the best, and they're the most enthusiastic about it. Possibly, I don't know, but that's that was my guess. That, that's a good point. I, I'm really unsure why he's hanging out with all these high schoolers. Like, well, I mean, I think he's he's just looking for people who like he can trust, right? So, high schoolers he picks. Well, they're not tainted by the world. No, I think it's a derivation of like he hangs out with DK. DK's dating a high schooler. These are her friends, so they're all kind of in this world now. Oh, and it's yeah. just like by association, you know, like you you have like friends that like you see or hang out with, and you're like. 
I'm not really friends with them. It's just like how it got there by like chain. After you guys call your moms and let them know that you're sleeping over in my place, you know, I'll think about this some more and try to figure out some, <laughs> figure out an answer. All right, Brian. Well, now it's time for us to figure out which Fast and Furious character you are. So the first time, uh, last lap, you did our Zimbio quiz. And just for a reminder, you got Roman. Roman was your character, the one of the six so we have 20 choices now, 20 possibilities of who you could be. Oh. For reference sake, I am a Mia, and both Mike and Joe are Dom. Yeah. So we are still, uh, Joe's got a friend at work who's going to help us refine this a little bit. But as it stands right now, this quiz is in the same spot it was in last episode. So, Mike, once we are able to refine it a little bit, if we do refine it, uh, we'll have you retake it. But for now, we'll just let Brian take it because this because you took the same exact quiz last week. We need somebody to run the math on it and make sure everything's working out. So, Brian, we've got seven questions for you, each question with six responses. So first question, how fast are you? NASCAR? Roller Coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter. And while you think about that, uh, Joe, I do want to let you know that Wes, shout out Wes, uh, tweeted at us on Twitter, at Cage Club Pod, yeah. and was talking about uh, length for stuff. And I was like, you know, whatever feels right, I was like, the only thing is you need to write like the wind blows, and he said, you stole what I was about to say. So <laughs> uh, we do not have, uh, yet, as of yet, uh, no character write-ups. If you're listening and want to send in a character write-up, like, for instance, when I got Mia, if you want to write in, like, what being Mia in this quiz means, uh, write it in, send it to family at cageclub.me, we'll and probably we'll read use it, it if and when people get it. Yeah. So, Brian, how fast are I you? Think, I think I'm Prius fast. I drive a Toyota regularly, okay. so. And I've had hybrid okay. cars in the past. Now, Brian, how furious are you? The Hulk... Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one movie set, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? Uh, Charlie Brown. I'm, I'm not racist like Mel Gibson. Okay. Brian, we're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill? Are you saying grace? Are you kicking back with a beer? Are you babysitting? Are you being the entertainment? Or are you sneaking a snack? Ooh, that's tough. That's tough because Joey, as you know, at your barbecue, I was like kicking. You were it the back. entertainment. I was, but I was kicking it. That that's debatable. If I was the entertainment, some people believe that. No, that no, 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 no. I would firmly. You might pick have the thought that you were kicking you. back with a beer, yeah. but you are firmly the entertainment at that party. Fine, fine. I mean, I like snacks, but I'll be the entertainment. Now, Brian, we've got t- you. You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite? Are you working in your car? Are you hanging with your friends? Are you drinking a beer? Are you working out? Or are you doing work on your computer? Well, sadly, because of high school slumber party, I'm probably doing work on my computer, but I don't I okay. don't want to pick that answer. So in this ideal scenario, I'm grabbing a bite. Brian, describe... Now, you're going to get married soon in real life this year, but <laughs> Brian, des- describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. You read that in such a way that I thought it was one wedding, you know? Like you were describing this, like, epic weekend of a wedding. Can you say them more, oh. like, with pauses in between? I'm never getting married. Pause. <laughs> it's just me and my partner. Pause. It's us and our families. Pause. It's a backyard country affair. Pause. Everyone I know is there. Pause. I don't remember. 
You can't see that how that could be one wedding. That could be one wedding. Yeah, the way he was reading <laughs> it, you're he was, never he was getting married. You don't remember it, and like it all contradicts. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but also and that no. is the process of getting married. Anyone who's, who's <laughs> been through that knows that that is exactly how it happens. Can confirm. Said. Can confirm. <laughs> this is ideal. So that backyard country thing. That's what I'm going to pick, even though that's not really happening, unfortunately. Okay. Because of the other things you mentioned, Brian. Congratulations! You, you just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage. A private plane, you're going to gamble it all away, you're buying your childhood home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? I'm going to take the plane. I like to travel. Brian, final question. What's your drink of choice? Belgian ale? Which I had doubles and triples over in uh, Amsterdam, Joe. Cool. So I was thinking of Mr. Nobody then. Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or whatever you're having. You know I'm going to go with the Corona, the Corona Familiar. So there we go. We finished it up. I, I do not know what the answer is. I have a feeling. I have a strong guess. I Roman? have a guess, too. Roman? Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. I was I was actually thinking that. You are Roman. Again. Perfect. I the quiz, the quiz, Roman. The quiz played trade? perfect. Played perfect <laughs> you for trade? <laughs> If you wouldn't have gotten Roman, I'd have been like, oh, fuck, we fucked this up. Then we <laughs> fucked up the quiz. Yeah, yeah no, but like <laughs> buying your private plane, being the entertainment, like those, I think those yeah. answers... To be uh, to be honest, not to spoil anything, I think grabbing a bite and being the entertainment are like equal scores for Roman. <laughs> but the, so when you were like, <laughs> like, I would either be grabbing a bite or being the entertainment, I was like, <laughs> choose your own adventure. Either of those paths yeah. lead directly to Roman. Yeah. And wrong. as we did last episode, the character you are the least of our twenty. DK. Very fitting for this movie. You are the least DK. That feels about right. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense, actually. I'm getting more confident in this quiz. Brian would not want to date the girl that moved into his house (laughs) five years his senior. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. But again, I've never been through that scenario. I don't know. All right, so now we have no car pictures today, so we only have one more game to play. This ain't no 10-second race, a.k.a. boy, do we have a podcast for you. While you all search on Twitter, you all have played this game before, while you search on Twitter for any tweet that you think us responding to with a link to the show page will get people to like, retweet, reply, or email in, uh, let's review, let's reflect upon last week's guesses. So Joe, two, went to Tanyo Times. Tanyo said, Fast 9, Hobbs and Shaw. Fast 10, Family Get Together and Kick Ass. Fast 11, Roman and Tej. Fast 12, a proper sequel to Tokyo Drift. This just makes sense. So please, please, as a long long fan and supporter of Fast and Furious, don't ruin the titles at Universal Picks. Hashtag Fast and Furious. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? Nothing. Okay. That's what I assumed. That's what I assume every time we play. Yes, yeah, same. Mike, you picked at Ben Batesman Media. Once again, a verified account. We'll see if you continue that streak tonight. Ben Bateman said, action movie franchises today basically just boil down to hashtag Mission Impossible versus hashtag Fast and Furious. Am I all day? Hashtag Cruise Forever. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Mike, it's a point. Ben Bateman liked the tweet. Oh, shit. Mike's at one. Okay. So Mike has tied Chris Podcasts. (laughs) It's happening. For third place. It's happening. So I know that I see that Brian or that that Mike follows Ben Bateman Media now. So I don't know if it's because of that tweet or Man. not. But Mike, you got a point. Awesome. My Twitter. I went to Courtney HXL. Oh, this was the person who had like five followers. Remember? Okay. Yeah. I'm always scared my music will keep playing on my phone after I get out of the car, and everybody in the store will know I was listening to the Too Fast, Too Furious soundtrack. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. No response. Mm-hmm. However, three days after we both or that she tweeted and we responded, 
Uh, she tweeted again in her thread and said, he said, my side mirrors flap like a fucking bird. All right, then. And she put a picture of her Spotify listening to Act a Fool by Ludacris. Heart, which means that it's saved to her phone. Uh, so still, so she, Courtney. So she had, we have a podcast for her. She just doesn't want to hear it. Okay. Exactly. Fair. Last week, you know, in the history of this game, last week, one of the, our last episode, one of our more successful episodes. So cool. uh, shout out Mike for doing that. Yeah. So now, three of you and me all have to find. I already sent mine. Okay, let me grab yours. Mike, Joe, do you want to read it? Yes. Uh, mine is from Brittany at giggle with a one E underscore S. My husband is forcing me to watch Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and it's awful. Why is this 35-year-old in high school? Why is the acting so bad? What is happening to me? And then it's a gif of Tyrese crying. <laughs> Sent just 11 minutes ago. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Yes. Hlove.me slash too fast you forever. Hashtag too fast you forever. Hashtag 2F2F. Hashtag fast and furious. Well, giggles. Let's see what happens. I heard that somebody else put their tweet in here. So whoever just put that in, if you want to read it out loud. That was me. Brian, you want to read yours? So I had written this down, and I forgot to mention it. But I'll say it now. Because I was thinking what this girl, (laughs) Jordan Love, was thinking. And she's at Novalin underscore Darlin. In the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, why does Neela have an Australian accent if she lived in Japan for almost her entire life? Her whole life. She was born in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was what she said, but you're <laughs> right. She was born in Japan, yeah. I have no idea. But boy, do we have a podcast for Jordan Love. <laughs> also, uh, speaking of underage people, she is 16 years old. Oh, my God. Maybe we don't so, pick that one. <laughs> well, I've already sent it, Brian, so taking backsies. Uh I didn't know, even though that... This, that's not offensive. That's okay, like, okay. You're not like creeping on like a okay, young girl. Fair. I just try to avoid that in general. But yes, I guess it's, there's nothing offensive there. You're right. No. It's just like, Plus, boy, thir- we have podcasts in for Japan, you. right? Also, she's posting about BDSM. I don't know what the fuck... Okay. <laughs> Weird. Never mind. <laughs> the second tweet down is like, what do you think BDSM stands for? And uh, Okay. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't know. It's, uh, uh, I found Ben at Ben Jones underscore 23. Looks like he's a Cavs fan because he's using a Cavs gift. So shout out LeBron. Both, both LeBron and Michael Jordan reference in this movie. Ben says, me thinking about how Deckard Shaw killed Han in Fast and Furious 6 slash Tokyo Drift, but ended up being invited to the cookout at FNF 8 <laughs> and then got his own spinoff. And it's this kid, a Cavs fan, just looking awfully confused. Do you, do Boy, you know the whole, do we have a podcast for you. Do you know the whole, like, invited to the cook-off, like, theory like the meaning joey do you get what this means a lot of twitter like especially like hip-hop twitter uses invited to the cookout to mean like accepted by the hip-hop community oh well that's also i mean that's accepted by the family like that's the same thing yeah so like like he's he's using it slyly there but like anybody does something really cool that is like you know a politician or something and they'll be like yeah she's invited to the cookout you know what i mean like that's like we we have accepted her mike do you have a tweet to uh share with us you know it's too bad that i don't have the one I, I found earlier in the week. I can't find where I put that, so I had to find another one. It's okay. But that one was pretty funny. It was kind of a rip on one of the Trump kids thought the and in SNL. Yes. And, and someone was like, like did a whole Saturday Night Live list of movies in the two fa- in the Fast and Furious vein. So oh, nice. I can't find that tweet, but I found this one. Send it. The year is 2030. Oh, wait. Okay, this is from Ryan Murphy at... Ryan H. Murphy. So he's not a verified account. Oh. I'm going a little... Okay. Off. He's not the actual Ryan Murphy from American Horror <laughs> Story. Oh, right. No, that's right. No, it's not. But 
He writes, The year is 2035. All film franchises have exhausted themselves except Fast and Furious, which now makes up 0.5% of the U.S. GDP. <laughs> which, which might be true. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Actually, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Walt Hickey. We talked about a lot. You know, he's on our Fast Five episode. Oh, we actually, numbers, we, man. Joe, you mentioned him earlier, right? You mentioned, yeah, I uh, mentioned Walt, Walt when we were talking about the heel yeah. turn. Uh, he wrote in uh, one of his weekly or his daily newsletters recently about how they greenlit a Hot Wheels movie. Oh, interesting. Oh, and he's yeah. talking about how, how that sounds like a dumb idea, but then you realize that every day that he's been alive, the Transformers movies have made $441,000 per day. <laughs> so oh, how dumb is it really? So like, if you think about you know, in terms Whoa. of GDP... Yeah, Jesus. That is mind-blowing. <laughs> that is... That's why I love numlocks. So I, 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 you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but... Uh, Brittany Giggles already responded to you, Joe. Oh, Damn. Whoa. I know. And she said... It's a quick one. Oh, God. Crying emoji, crying emoji, crying emoji, <laughs> laughing. Gross. No, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so definitely not a fan. But she replied. We will get uh, five points. Thank you. For you. I'm not going to give it to you because I'm going re- to forget. But that's okay. That's a, that's a solid come up for you, Joe, right there. So Yeah. Maybe your husband will listen and he'll send emails. Thank you both for joining us here on this ride along lap. We are going to get back in the car. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend to say goodbye because we're gonna keep talking. And then we are going to so so this episode comes out Tuesday the twelfth. Okay, so in three days, Brian, you know what to say. Fridays are for fun. Yes, Fridays are for fun. Before you listen to the Cruise Club episode of Losing It, oh boy. Head over to High School Slumber Party and put on the Tokyo Drift episode, uh, which we're going to record right now. Continue this conversation, but within the scope, within the framework of the two high schools in this movie. So thank you both for joining us here. If you want to say, if you want to plug your own shows, Brian, if you want to plug your show, why should people listen to High School Summer Party when we're not talking about Tokyo Drift? Mm, that's a good question. I don't even know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> that's terrible. Okay, good, good, no, good. no, High School Summer Party out. is awesome because we talk about high school films. Most people I know have been to high school. I, I like to say everybody, but I don't want to be like mean to people who just got their GEDs or something. But we talk about high school experience, and we talk about high school films, and you have a good time, usually. But the best way you can check it out, and if you're already here, is just listening to the next episode, like you said. It's the best It's the best segue ever. Or listen to last week's episode, where it's oh, you and Joe talking about a James Franco true. Lifetime movie. Absolutely. You, you guys all know my love of Lifetime movies, and the episode before this one is me talking about an excellent Lifetime movie with Brian in the context Our of high school. special... Valentine's Day episode. Well, it's yeah. kind of, this one's more closer to Valentine's Day, but it's technically after. You, yeah. you know what I mean. But High School Lover, starring James Franco, Lana Condor, the kid from... So good. The kid from, uh, what's it? American Vandal. American Vandal and some random guy. It is delish. Just <laughs> watch the movie, obviously, because that, that was your homework. But if you don't watch the movie, listen to the podcast, because Joe and I have such a fun We time. covered a lot of it. Yeah. We covered a lot of it. We pretty much... Explain the entire movie. <laughs> so if you listen to this episode as it comes out, and you have to wait three days for Tokyo Drift on Brian's feed, that's time to listen to High School Lover episode on Amen. High School Summer Party. Yeah, so yeah. go check and that out. And guess what? Guess what day's between that? February 14th, Valentine's Day. I believe it's a Thursday. Exactly. You can get into the mood. And I also host PSI Love Hoffman. PSI Still Love Hoffman, as we're in now. And a rewatch this month. 
was Punch Drunk Love. And then, Mike, on Sunday, this upcoming Sunday, the 17th, you're going to put out your bonus episode for your show, Third Times of Charm. So if you want to pitch people on your show, obviously they know you from this lap, but tell us a little bit about Third Times of Charm. Uh, sure. If, if you uh, don't just love Fast and Furious 3 Tokyo Drift, but all other Part 3s of franchises that are out there, and there's a lot of them, come check out my show where we only talk about the third installment of the franchise over <laughs> at Third Times a Charm. But, you know, we do we do go over the history of the entire franchise at large, but we do focus on the third movie over there. Just to see at that point in the series, uh, it kind of feels like a make-or-break moment. Will the franchise survive past part three? Definitely. And how how does it change? How does it morph? And, uh, you know, what does it become from there? So, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's a real mixed bag, but like the good ones are really good. So that's what I have to say, uh, when it comes to part three of a movie, but that, that show has been a lot of fun. A lot of, uh, Brian's been on there a bunch. Joey's been over there and, uh, Joe too will make his first appearance on this episode on the part three of the Tokyo Drift uh, three-part uh, extravaganza, yeah. the finales over over there on my feed. Ooh, you do get five the days from today. Yeah. If you're listening to this as it comes out, five days from today, go listen to Third Times a Charm, the part three yeah. of this. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense that you'd be the finale because you're the third. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about you know the rest of this franchise where this where this entry falls into the Fast and Furious world at large, and yeah, all that good stuff. So. Because some out. people might not even consider this the part three. Exactly. Hmm. Is it? Yes. Technically, where does it lay in the series? That's right. You know. So lots of uh, semantics to discuss over <laughs> that. It's episode. gonna get heated. So for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, as well as High School Slumber Party and Third Times of Charm, and all twenty-four shows on our network, you can go to CageClub.me, Facebook.com/CageClub, or at CageClubPod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us family at CageClub.me. Check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Too Fast Too Forever. And like we were saying, come back in three days for High School Slumber Party. Come back in five days for Third Times of Charm. And then come back in two weeks as we drop Brian off. We kick him out of the car. And then Mike continues this ride along as we go to Fast and Furious 4. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Brian Late Night Rodriguez and the Mikester. And we'll see you in three days on High School Slumber Party for more Tokyo Drift. And then in two weeks for Fast and Furious 4. Actually, and then Mike's... God, I don't know how to do the, I don't know how to do the outro. That's crazy. <laughs> and then in five days for Mike's third time to charm, more Tokyo Drift. And then in two weeks here for Fast and Furious 4, right so here much. on so Too fast. fast, Too Forever, So Fast, So Forever. It's time to land the Barracuda! Yeah!